Hello, and welcome to a lovely episode of Back Chat. This time we've got on Wyatt's... What, what, is, what is the opposite of biggest fan? Like, the focus of your simping. The, the simp-e... You... Yeah, I don't know what you're going What on. are you talking... What? what? what we've, you... got, we've got what on Asana. And, and okay. When, when, sure. when I was sat down here with Asana beforehand, while you were off doing whatever stuff you were doing upstairs, yeah. Asana said, hey, listen, I don't mind that it's only the two of you doing the interview. As long as that Wyatt guy's around, because he gasses me up constantly. <laughs> gasses me up it, all the time. No, it is, it is actually true. And it's because, well, we were talking about this before, but when I, listen, when I spot... Are you about to open the ancient tomes? When I, I talking am. about your CS career? I, I, yeah, I am. <laughs> but when I, when I spot, a, you know, a, the needle in the haystack, the yeah. diamond in the rough, mm -hmm. and then it does turn out to be a diamond, I'm looking for my credit. <laughs> and so I talk about how good Asana is any chance I get because, right. well, we were talking about this before the show, but uh, many years ago when I was running a CS team in yeah. ESCA MDL and Asana was on a team called Recon 5 in advance, the division below, I was interested in their team when I was looking for a new one and I was interested in him specifically because right. could could see the talent level there. And then also just, I mean, it is true. Since the beginning of Valorant, I... I actually went back and I, cause I remember, I think on the first episode I did of Plat Chat, I said that I thought Austin would be a top three player. Oh yeah. The narrative hasn't changed, has it? No. It's just, just continued the whole way through. Yeah. So yeah. now I'm just going to keep it up yeah. and keep saying how good he is. So then I can get the credit for the thing I also said, <laughs> which is <laughs> but a I, bad narrative. But I, I know that Asana on one of the Immortal Minds episodes was talking about like the money he was earning from a pro career. And I think you said at the time, like, oh, I, you know, I don't exactly know what I'm going to spend it on or like what I'm saving it for. I think you've been sending checks to Wyatt the whole time. <laughs> You're just paying him under yeah, the maybe. table to keep yeah. to gassing you up. I want the Plat Chat uh, videos to be just about me at some point. <laughs> We're going to have our own episode. Yeah. You guys are going to be like watching anime together or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one is actually all about you. That is the entire point, even though we haven't asked you a single question up until no, this I've point. I've just been talking about why, yeah, why just, just been talking driven. About <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Quiet, the place I wanted to begin this, this interview, Asana, was talking to you about the transition from Immortals over to 100 Thieves. Because even though that wasn't that long ago, honestly, it feels like anything before that is is genuinely dusty and old. It's ancient. Um, yeah. So I wanted to talk a bit about that transition because when you came into Immortals, you're like the Immortals brand was at the time, and I think still is to some degree, like very up and coming players. But if you move to 100 Thieves, you're no longer up and coming. You've up and come. You're, you're like the expectations are on you at that point. So what was that transition like from a player's perspective? uh i didn't really like set into me like how much of a difference it was i guess because like if you i don't really follow like esports that like heavily i just play the game literally like all day i don't even like i'm not even a fan of any teams or players and like uh when i was transitioning as a player um just like play style wise i'll go with that first um it felt the same really um just a lot more i have to think about my actions i guess because on immortals we just we kind of just ran it loose, you know. We JC Sandy would call something, and we would just run around and we just frag out. And it was kind of like, you know, it was pretty good. And we obviously we weren't the best team, but we were we were having a good time, I guess, on Immortals, you could say. And then um, with Steel, uh, me and Quan, we had to like tone it down a little bit. We couldn't just go ape mode. We had to, you know, think. Uh, so that was like the difference in play style. We had to like you know play off of our teammates, like ask for utility. We couldn't like dry swing anymore as much. But I mean. <laughs> It makes you a better player. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do but, you not yearn at all for the simpler times? 
Where yeah, you can just times. wide swing without utility, <laughs> no thoughts. Just aim. Mm. Yeah, man, those are, those are the days. <laughs> <laughs> what were what were the what were the major differences from Immortals to 100 Thieves? And I don't just mean in terms of like playstyle. I mean like in terms of the, the transition, maybe expectations, the surrounding oh. infrastructure of the teams, how different people approached oh, like it. Like what 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 were some of the differences you realized when you came into 100 Thieves? Like how much more serious these guys were. Like it really felt oh. like they just were set in and they just like wanted to get the job done. Like uh, on Immortals, we got third place. We we're like we're happy. Like we're we're ecstatic. You know what I mean? But obviously with these guys, it's a little bit different. Um, and even with the fans, like on Immortals, like uh, I look at like the Reddit match threads, the Immortals games. They don't get as many comments, so you can just assume how many fans there are. More with like a hundred thieves, and they're a lot more like I'll say passionate uh, about like their players. <laughs> <laughs> or and the vice versa like the haters are also there's a lot more of those yeah. but i mean it just comes with the job you know what i mean um it is interesting though to see like the difference between oregon org even though like i feel like as a player i didn't improve as much but my like attention got bigger uh and the what else like the infrastructure i mean going to boot camp we didn't have that in, in immortals obviously uh, I don't even think any other teams are really doing that in NA, at least. Um, yeah. I know Oceania, uh, those players, they just came over. Yeah, uh, they did. They just touched down yeah, we, on North American shores. Yeah. I'm interested. We played that. them. Apparently, there's a rumor going around uh, that they're cheating. Some people thought they were cheating when they came over. It was pretty funny. So <laughs> I, I'm just imagining like this Oceania team to be ranked 128th. They play Sentinels, and they beat them open qualifier. I had like that when I woke up, because like, they probably won't get ranked, right? Right, right. They'll probably be like at the bottom of the bottom. And so they'll play like the third seed or the second seed or the first seed. And then it's just going to be wild. <laughs> I hope that game gets streamed. So people people thought they were cheating? Yeah, like there's a clip of uh, someone on Texas stream uh, yeah. going like, this is getting sidetracked totally, but whatever. There's a clip on Texas stream where it's like, some guy thought he uh, have you heard of crunchy au uh this guy yes. says he's an australian pro and like this guy's going on about how he thinks he's cheating and like he's like how can a player from australia be even good at the game he says <laughs> like it's the funniest thing ever it's <laughs> yeah, interesting yeah well i guess it, it, it's it on crunchy's nothing twitter to do with nothing but i am interested in seeing how that team does <laughs> yeah. people yeah, already so. think they're cheating maybe i don't know maybe they they're, not, they're pretty good uh, i haven't seen any of their duelist players but i've played against ian he was playing Jet, though, so not really much to take away. And yeah. their Omen, Crunchy AU, he seemed pretty, like, snappy aim. Uh, pretty good aim overall. I thought he was the duelist player when I was watching him, but he wasn't. He was <laughs> <open>. Okay, so <laughs> we, we got on to this tangent not... because you were talking about the boot camp at 100 Thieves yeah. as well. I yeah, think this my, is a, a pretty good time to just talk about it as well. Like the Within such an online era, it's very foreign to be doing boot camps and, like, having in-person interactions with your teammates this isn't something that i don't think any other team is doing right now i mean no. the brazilian teams are doing it because they have lan events the yeah, teams are doing it because they have lan events yeah. um but nobody in north america or europe is doing it as far as oh actually liquid did a boot camp as well half oh, of yeah. their players moved out to the netherlands and half of them just stayed didn't, where they were didn't didn't, didn't help <laughs> no it didn't, yeah. no, didn't, didn't help unfortunately help. but i think there's it, it's it's interesting at least yeah. because it, it's not directly correlated to improved success. It's just, it's supposed to help improve kind of the synergy and team dynamics and stuff like that. What have your experiences been like at the, the boot camp and getting your taste of, I guess, tier one infrastructure in an in-person feel as well? 
definitely feels like mind blowing because like when you go like I'll be honest, they have this coffee machine. It is crazy. It makes coffee for you. And it's like there's <laughs> buttons and you can have whatever you want. It is insane. So like like that blew my mind right there. Like <laughs> this thing costed like I think thousands of dollars. That like right. was insane. I knew we were in a tier one infrastructure, <laughs> as you say, when I saw that. <laughs> that's, that's when you knew the yeah. goddamn coffee machine. I mean, God, that's so fucking funny. But <laughs> but I think the, so. Was it was it the was it the like obvious evidence of expenditure that was the yeah. thing that was like mind blowing there? I don't know. It just felt like so easy to like make coffee. I just put my <laughs> cup under the thing and just like latte and then like medium and then there it's done. It was like wow, this is the life. <laughs> Life at the cash app compounds different (laughs) for for us mere mortals here at home. We didn't realize what we were missing out on. (laughs) I feel like a fool French pressing this morning now. Embarrassing. I don't don't even drink coffee and I want to be there. (laughs) So, Um, okay, but uh, coffee makers aside, Keurigs aside, (laughs) is is there... What the fuck was I going to ask? Is there a... Have you felt like a, a, a difference in your ability to perform as a player um, given those circumstances, being in the boot camp, having, I, I mean, 100 Thieves have a ton of staff around you guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like psychologists and, uh, I don't know, athletes. Yeah, we have one, a performance uh, specialist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I've never had a performance specialist. We don't have that in Mortals. So like, what we do with him is like, we talk to him and uh, remember earlier before this, we talked about how I didn't like going outside. Yeah. Well, well, so he mean, this... we talked about that before the show. Nobody else understands what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, you, just yeah, sound, yeah. you just sound like yeah, an enormous yeah. weeb at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so our performance specialist makes us, uh, or before like every match, we like go outside and like we have like our rituals, I guess we call them. Uh, you know, Hiko, Steel, Nitro, and Ethan, they like do blood like sacrifice. Uh, <laughs> Eco sacrifices his teammates to the blood god so he can get another yeah, This clutch. is how he becomes a clutch god. This is how Spencer, we didn't do it. I'm joking. But uh, we, um, yeah, we, they do like stretches and stuff. I'm not really right. into that. You know, they like do, sometimes they even do workouts in the morning. I'm not into that. The sun like hurts and stuff. So, I mean, that's like the, <laughs> the performance specialist. And then like, he also, we also talk to him a lot about like team problems and like, you know, he helps us out with like, uh, if anything's going wrong uh, and how to like transition from like, you know, Dicey to Ethan and stuff like that. So it was like really nice to have someone like who's not in the team to talk to and not even like the coach. Cause like, it's nice to have like a neutral guy mm-hmm. and like a guy that's like just looking in and hearing all the players POVs. So it's really nice to have like this kind of support stuff. And then uh, whenever I go to the boot camp, it's always like, I can feel like the side effects of land, I guess you can say where like my setup feels off. Cause I have an L desk. Sure, so sure. like, um i usually put my arm on the l desk and so this is not there so and it won't be there for land so like i need to get used to that and like it always feels weird after like three like for three days like getting used to it and then finally i find like the perfect amount of room and then i can frag out so that's like like the that's why i usually like struggle at the start but i like these like whenever i'm at the boot camp uh but then yeah it feels like team chemistry wise it feels really good because like you get to see the guys and like I feel like everyone the practice like during practice is a lot more focused um compared to online because like you're all there you're all focusing no one's like on twitter you know stuff like that uh everyone's like there to you know to do the job when no one's like sidetracked yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. do you do you feel any added pressure with how much i mean just how much money how many resources are, are going into this like do you feel any added pressure because of that when you're playing or doesn't cross no. your mind 
Nah. I just assume these guys are like billionaires. They got money to spend. <laughs> not, not... I mean, that's, yeah, that's literally yeah. true. Like, yep. That's, if, if true. that's how I like, if it was like a regular person, I'd feel way worse. Like on Recon 5, I felt bad because that guy was like trying to like really pay us. So, you know what I mean? But, you know, these are like big orgs. I, and they're just like trying to support us. So I don't feel the pressure. It makes like, I guess that's like the way I can play without any pressure. And it makes me play better. Just having that kind of mindset. Uh, I don't yeah. know if that's a good mindset or what, but yeah. Yeah. I want to dig a bit into the um, the team dynamic, actually, of, uh, of 100 Thieves. Because there's, there's this um, narrative that's been going on for ages that I think also you help perpetuate with that copy pasta that you had on Twitter about being the, being the I can't even remember what it was, like anime oh, yeah, warrior. Like just, you, can you uh, remember what it was? I think it was Ninja's reply where like, I will sacrifice my life for the boomers and yeah. uh, I will charge in first just to see them clutch. I think I said that during first strike. It was a pretty yeah. good tweet. I enjoyed it. Coming yeah, yeah. A lot of publicity. Yeah, I, I mean, that was a fantastic tweet. It was very funny. But I, mm-hmm. there's been this like, this overarching narrative about 100 Thieves is that there's there's the boomers and then there's the zoomers. And I mean, specifically when we're talking about when Dicey was still on the team as well. Yeah. And and these they've picked up like two cracked developmental players of which you're one of them. And then there's like this idea that they're gonna use their massive CS experience to kind of coach you through and 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 develop you in that sense. Is that that seems like a simplification? And it seems like all of the focus is then put on like Dicey and Asuna are the players that need to learn, ra- rather than I mean these guys are new to Valorant as well. They're they're coming from yeah. CS, but they're still gonna have to develop, and we've seen that play out too. So what's what? How would you characterize the team dynamic within a hundred thieves and how the experience and the um veteran presence blends with the rookies current or old sorry um let's let's start with old i think like when the team was formed because we'll get on to the more recent stuff later in the yeah when i first tried out with them uh we had a trial period obviously and then we got signed uh you could clearly see the difference like so we tried out with them early september and then we did it like three days of tryouts with them, like three days of scrims basically. And then two weeks later, we tried out with them again. And you could literally see the difference in like how they improved in two weeks, which I thought was mind blowing. And even as the days went by, you could see how much they improved, which I feel like people don't really like, they always thought like me and Quan had to learn a lot. Dicey, sorry. Me and Dicey had to learn a lot. And um, I feel like they learned a lot as well. Like they improved a lot. And like you compare Steel from, obviously you can't because you don't have pods, but if you compare him from the first scrims, like the stuff he was throwing to now, he's literally like, way better like 10 times yeah. better obviously spencer he learned silver lineups you know what i mean like those are like just a natural thing to like learn and he like got better at that and developed his own thing like and then nitro he became the best omen in na so i mean like i feel like like the point you said about how these players also had to come from cs to valorant like i feel like they don't get enough credit of like learning the game as well because like i feel like they did a lot as well and then um the internal team dynamic about how like we play and stuff i feel like uh, I mean, it's generally kind of true because, like, me and entry or me and Quan were like entering in, and uh, we would always just like play off of one another. Like, if you noticed uh, how we were always together in like the first strike days when we were like playing um, with one another, we were always like together on defense, usually on attack, and then like we would always like be one another, and we like got this like telepathy com- communication, like, yeah, and it was like it was good. We just knew what we were doing, and we didn't have to like calm. And it was like really nice. Uh, and then with the other three were just like supporting us and we were just like fragging out and that's how we did it back then. Mm. Uh, is that good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw, okay. saw a twinkle in his eye as he reminisced about the days with Dicey. <laughs> but yeah. I assume to some extent, it, even just as like a 
being your friend, you miss playing with Dicey then? Yeah, I'm, I'm his friend still, obviously. So, I mean, of course, I wouldn't want to see him go, but, you know, business is business. Um, if, like, the team wants to move to that direction and they believe it's better, I will obviously, like, not hold us back in any way mentally. I feel like that's, like, like where, like, the performance specialist is really good at, you know what I mean? Like, uh, helping me go through this, like, stage transitioning from Dicey to Ethan. Uh, also, like, Ethan's insane and, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I like the guy as well. Like, I'm, I got to meet him in person and he's a funny guy and so i mean yeah no hard feeling yeah is it fair to say then that you were like closest with dicey on the team considering that the others came from quite a different background of being like you one cs and transitioning over whereas dicey was with you on immortals and moved into the team yeah i i did like what wyatt did with me i found dicey in a ranked game and i just uh was like this guy's good let me develop him and i like Started developing him, and then we played on a more like I told the immortals, like, yo, let's try him out, let's get him on the team. They tried him out, they thought he was insane. I was like, yep, let's do it. And JC Stanley also came from Crunker as well with Dicey, yeah, so yeah. it worked out, it worked out nicely. Where JC Stanley also had my back, and so like me and him just vouched hard for him, and we got him on the team a month. He plays on like I think I don't know what tournament he got that 1v5 against Sentinels yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah, that blew up his popularity, and so then like people thought he was insane, and then. 100 Thieves came and the rest is history. Uh, I kind of forgot the question already, sorry. No, just uh, just talking about like the, the the closeness of the relationship. But I yeah. guess the the other part that was interesting there is I think that, didn't I read in an interview somewhere, like maybe when you were on Immortal Minds that you, you played Roblox before or something? Like Yeah, I played Roblox. I mean, I, I <laughs> what about it? No, I just, <laughs> I remember that being like, was that some game that you played competitively or something? I don't know. I've never played Roblox before, but I, I remember uh, there was something just, in the interview about that. No, it was just a game I played in my childhood, like for like lots of hours. And like, that's how like I first got like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just played a lot of it. And, right, like, there was okay. like groups and stuff of friends. I just got the wrong end of the city. I was reminded by Crunker of how amazed I was that these players were coming from Crunker. Crunker right? yeah. <laughs> like a, 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 a web browser game. A web game. browser game, yeah. yeah like, like, uh, that, that was crazy to me, but I was, I was wondering if there was some hidden, hidden link there with you just tapping into the Crunker community <laughs> because you've been playing yeah. some, other, some other strange games. I don't know. Yeah, I, I and mean, also... Oh, sorry. No, uh, no, also, uh, Steel knew me before from CS, so it wasn't like he didn't know me uh hiko uh knew me but like he didn't know i was good like i played him in a match um for uh, it was called flashpoint qualifier in cs yeah. he was on uh z pug gods and i was on like i think austin as anime aimers at the time maybe recon 5 i don't know we were playing an open qualifier it was an hltv match i beat him that was my only match against hiko and then steel i scrimmed against him a lot so i knew him from that um and then nitro i had no contact he's like at the top of tier one like yeah. the echelon so like no communication with that guy because he's the very best and then yeah, he lives in the clouds <laughs> yeah he's like what what we all reached for you know what i mean and then <laughs> ethan uh i played him even though he's like top tier one i did play him in a 5v5 face it cup like four times in a row right before valorant came out because it was like a cash cup i guess you can call it where like the prize was like a 50 dollars skin and he did it with like his girlfriend I don't know. I played against like Ethan and uh, I think Breeze at the time. That's the only time I ever played against Ethan. And funny enough, he remembered it. So like I brought <laughs> it up and it was like pretty good memory. <laughs> I want to I wanna dial things all the way back. So and, and talk about the formation of the team going on to immediately win first strike. I know that this is something you talked about in prior interviews as well. But I want to get to the, I wanna get to the, the, the root of it too. What was 
What was it like going from a team like Immortals, where you're like third place, to instantly jumping into 100 Thieves and immediately winning First Strike? Like, what was, what was that journey like at the very beginning of the team? Well, the journey, I remember when we tried out, we beat TSM, like we took a map off TSM, I think it was Bind, and I remember thinking, wait, we're actually like good at the, like, I don't know why, but I, when we were trying out, I didn't have like high hopes for Steel and Nitro, I thought they were right. going to be, you know, still learning the game, but we took a map off TSM, like, wow, all right, this team's actually not that bad. And then two weeks later, we're like doing really good in scrims, so I was like, okay, we're doing good. And on Immortals, we always did good in scrims, we were scrim gods, because like we had no fear, no pressure, nothing, but then sometimes matches, we wouldn't do the same things we would do in scrims, I guess you could like, yeah. And yeah. then I think the it was just like the expectations, I guess, like going from third place to winning an event, it's like kind of like, I don't know, if, if third place is a lot further than like first place, then people realize it's, it's only like two places, but like the massive difference between a first place team and a third place team is like pretty big. So I don't know, it felt like the work we put in paid off, but like it didn't, I don't know how to. I don't know how to answer the question, actually. I don't know. So something that I noticed Sorry. from when you've been talking about this topic in prior interviews is that you brought up like the idea of that it didn't feel... It, it, that it wasn't the same as if you'd been like together with the team for forever. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't yeah. like a... Um, it, I, I yeah, guess the impression I got was that it doesn't feel like the culmination of a huge amount of hard work and grind and mm -hmm. effort. Yeah. It was almost... The impression I'm getting from your other interview answers is that it was almost a bit too easy. Like, success came a bit too easily there, and it didn't feel yeah. like you had to, I don't know, go through the anime protagonist arc of having a bunch <laughs> of, like, downtimes yeah. and struggle, and then you work back through the struggle. It was just... just no struggle. Yeah, it was just no struggle. We just win immediately. Is, yeah. that, is that a fair characterization of what it felt like internally? Uh, I mean, we put in our work as we just scrimmed, but it felt like when we like the improvements that we made were very easy and not like anything like play style or like secret like i feel like a good example of it is like gen g they had a lot to like improve on like overall but we as like players just improved like steel nitro just got better they got better our entire team just got like 10 times better and then like kiko got better i got better dice got better. like we all just got better and it's just like easy we didn't have to like go through any like fundamental changes um until the transition from Dicey to Ethan that we felt like would uh, elevate our gameplay. Right, But right. yeah, no, I'd say that was a decent characterization just to say, like, I mean, we are kind of like a super team in a way, but not sure. really. I don't know. I feel like that's yeah. what people said we were. Yeah, I mean, the expectations coming into this team were that, I mean, it might take a while, but yeah, some people weren't expecting you to win first strike straight out, but the, the, the ceiling would be enormous for the team because people always respected the way that it was put together and the talent that was on the roster as well. Um, yeah. What was your what was your thoughts coming out of first strike? Like not I don't mean in terms of winning the event and feeling happy about the event or the success that you got or stuff like that, but looking towards the future, like did that did that change anything for you to to win that tournament and think about the team's ceiling or expectations? Um, it just taught me like going into twenty twenty one, we have a lot to prove, I guess you could say. Like we can't like choke like we are right now i guess you could say like because we went from winning first strike to losing in the open qualifiers and then getting fifth to six in challengers two getting second in challengers three and then fifth to six in masters so i mean like i guess i put a higher expectations on myself as a player as well um going into 2021 but i mean yeah that's like the only thing i really changed uh, yeah 
I mean, between <clears throat> obviously between first strike and now, the the meta has changed um, yeah. considerably, and it was throughout that period, like in the this past winter, you guys you started running dicey on Sage at a time, yeah. like in JBL, and it was sort of hard to tell if that was mm -hmm. you guys kind of joking because that was the EU sort of meta at the time. Hugo had Heretics just been on winning. stream yeah, talking about right. how EU was behind the meta because they were running Sage and Brim. Yeah, and, I remember that. I mean, to be fair, Brim has never been popular in North America, yeah. even since then. So uh, I guess Hiko was... Um, was uh, that the, the narrative has still continued there, but you instantly started adopting the Sage. So yeah. from an outside perspective, it was like, okay. It was hard to tell if it on? was serious or not. Mm. Um, Especially yeah. because you were actually streaming the games. And then you 13-0'd Envy with it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was it was very, yeah, it was just confusing what was going on there. So I guess within, what, what, were the, what was the decision behind that? Like the actual yeah. team decision? Um... I don't really remember the conversation, but I think Josh Josh is a big advocate for team synergy or steel. Steel's a big advocate for team uh, like in the agent synergy. Sorry, like Raze and Sage, that's a good synergy. Jet and Breach, you know, stuff like that. Like where like it's clear how those two agents can work together, and like Sova can work with anything, and he just wants to like make these like really um, combo plays and like throughout the map and like play like that. And that's like how we thought Sage could be really good, and that's how we wanted to play Sage. Um, that's why I put Quan on Sage, just so like, because me and Quan were always together. So thought, like in theory, it was like, oh, Quan will slow. I'll nade. I'll get three kills with my nade. Let's go. You know, something like that. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but that was like the theory, and we tried it out. Um, and uh, that was like where Josh's vision was. And um, Spencer, I think uh, at the time we weren't really talking about comps. And then after, uh, I don't know, like really like what happened between you know the interview and like the JBL. But I do remember the interview. Um, I think maybe we talked about comps and then we thought maybe let's just try it out. Like maybe EU's onto something. Like, I mean, they can't be like doing, like they, they must have a reason why they're playing this comp and like why they were doing it. And um, our coach is also a big fan of like Lowell from uh, Heretics. Mm, he loves yeah, his yeah. walls and stuff. So he like went and like got all his like nerd walls and stuff. So we started using those as well. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, right. not really much to say, but we had like two big fans of Sage, Josh and our coach. And they both like, just uh, made us want to play, and like, yeah. I guess one one obvious question though is why why make changes immediately after winning first strike? I I can understand if you're using a JBL to experiment, but those yeah. changes actually did continue into 2021 as well. And I think Steel was on stream saying something like, um, the other teams have figured out our style or something like that. I think that was maybe during the JBL Cup. But was yeah. there was there a a, a a knowledge within the team like from everybody that changes needed to be made despite the fact that you looked like you were on top of the world at the end of 2020 uh personally i think like we, what we thought was like our style is really readable with double duelist i know that person like the opposite like double duelist creates like a lot of freedom you're able to do what you want but the where we thought our team was going was like we were going to be running this double duelist. And since me and Quan are everywhere, if you spot one of our players, you're able to figure out like basically our entire setup. Um, we could like, uh, we could have like changed how we played, but like the way we were playing was just so stagnant. And like to, to move like uh, the pieces around would create like uncomfortable scenarios where the players wouldn't like, the agent itself wouldn't be played to its fullest potential when put with like a certain other agent. Like that's how we viewed it. And it led to this 
change where we wanted to move to from double duels to single because we thought we didn't have enough utility to create multiple plays across the map and like it's really hard to explain in like you know five minutes but like let's just say we had like a pretty decent conversation about it and like that's where we wanted to head yeah. and that's how like it was created and it was just to have this like big stall potential um lots more like like just a lot more like pressure everywhere like if you're getting slowed like you know what i mean across the map and like i don't know that's like where we went and uh obviously we didn't have to make a change but we felt like if we didn't we would like fall behind at the time but clearly na is still like on double duel so maybe we were like changing the meta too early but yeah i think i think yeah. that's it's an interesting point though because i think that fans don't often make the distinction between a good idea that doesn't work and a bad idea and i yeah. i personally have never believed that that was a bad idea from a hundred yeah. thieves to, to yeah. go for that style. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Europe. I, I really like the way that those teams play. I think that mm -hmm. the, the like goal to go in that direction, I think that fits hundred thieves yeah. really well. Like in terms of the, the thought process that people like steel have about the game, it seems to fit that kind of style way more than yeah. it does the, the like int style of somebody like phase or the, the, you know, just, pure mm -hmm. vibing of sentinels or whatever like your team seems to be set up for that more strategic yeah. system it's just that i think i i think the yeah quite got it going but uh, i was gonna say like after the game we noticed a lot of like fundamental errors and not really like comp errors like uh we weren't i felt like in masters when we went back and watched the vod immediately after we didn't really felt, feel like we were losing because of our comp and we didn't feel like oh if we had a jet right here it'd just make or break you know what i mean um it felt like more our play styles weren't like like we were too used to having like a jet where making a lot of space and like leaving a lot of entering onto me and we had like way too many people supporting me and playing way too much to like way too passive like we would have um three people like throwing utility for me and me just going in and then like after watching back these vods we definitely made a lot of adjustments which hopefully they showed to fruition yeah. um, if not that'd be pretty unfortunate um but we could also make comp changes. I mean, Astro's coming in. Uh, that could change like how we want to cool. play with uh, how these things are going. Uh, but yeah, I, I, we'll see what direction we go. I, you know, we, I still have to talk to with four other people or five other people about like where we go. Obviously, whatever I think, you know, that's not the be all and send, uh, be all and end all. I think that's how the saying yeah, goes. Yeah, yeah. So things could change from like how what I say about now and like five hours later during practice. Like, sure, we, of course, of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like I think that's like what what we felt like was wrong with like like was wrong in Masters. It was, it was like just fundamentals really, which is kind of ironic to say when uh, we have like all this tier one experience. But yeah. Well, I assume the game plays very differently as well. I think people talk about yeah. tier one experience a lot, but when you when you introduce the idea of just throwing that level of utility for your teammates, it changes. Yeah, I meant like CS to Valorant, like uh, our fundamentals, like trading and stuff like that which yeah. is generally like a cs thing rather yeah. than like a valorant thing valorant you know what i mean obviously it has like trading but like you know what i mean like the general core of like cs is just like trading you know and all this other stuff and like we had way too many like bad trades and like no one like supporting and stuff like that like second man and third man in. so i think yeah sorry yeah i'm so i guess in team discussion or in your opinion is is that attributed then to or at least in part attributed to the comp that you were running and, and just lacking a, a second uh, 
not even necessarily a second duelist, but just a second yeah. player who could really follow up on you effectively when you're double satcheling into a site. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's also on me. Like, I think we talked about me not double satcheling in uh, as much. I think that's also pretty bad. Like, uh, so th it's also on me as well, like me going way too fast and like no one really being able to follow up because I'm used to like, um, generally speaking, like a jet with me, I guess what you could say. But usually, like, the funny part is in like scrims, we never have these problems where like, Oh, I'm going way too fast. It felt like, it was, but yeah, but we noticed those problems during masters. Um, yeah. So we like made, um, after the loss, we against sentinels, we made a lot more like entry pathing and protocols, like stuff that could like really make this side of our game a lot better. And like what we should do when pathing with like on Haven, we mainly did it because we lost the sentinels 14, 12 on Haven. We like reviewed that attack side a lot. And like, we made a lot more uh like protocols i guess like what people call them but yeah. yeah we did like like oh this is like where we'll flash and then like you'll go here and then you'll wait for the next flash you'll clear these corners and then once this flash pops you'll go here and then the second person will go there trade you like so we did a lot more of those so we could work on um that side of the gameplay because it felt like that's where we were lacking our defense is usually good because we have double sentinel but against gen g we played pretty poorly on defense so um yeah but a lot of this is just like not having enough like uh, understanding of what our comp can do, really, I guess. Um, that's how it like, feels yeah. like, at least. I wanted to I wanted to roll back the clock a little bit and start a little earlier because I think one of the one of the core themes that might keep cropping up as we adjust this solo duelist comp, uh, uh, or as we address it, sorry, is that you guys didn't actually have that much time to to yeah. do a lot of the stuff in 2021. 2021, I think, has not been anywhere near as good to 100 Thieves as 2020 was, even though there's only been a small portion of each. Like, you're only playing in both years for, what, three months or something like that. Yeah. But I think it's fair to say that the trajectory has not been as envisioned in 2021. But if we wind the clock back, I mean, during Challenges 1, you guys didn't have Nitro at all and ended up losing to Carpe Noctem. During Challenges 2 and 3, you've had to make, like, these adjustments with the roster and with the composition and stuff. So... I, I kind of, a lot of, um, a lot of what we've been discussing on our show is talking about the, the outside factors when we're always discussing 100 Thieves because it feels like, it feels like things have not been set in stone for a long enough period of time for you guys to really get a good handle on what's going on. But can you walk us through, like, from the beginning, like, with, with Challengers 1, the, the qualification process even to Masters and how... It felt internally with all of these moving parts. Uh, it definitely felt weird, but I was also kind of like, uh, so the player we got in for Nitro was Silence, my best friend. Uh, it was just kind of nice to play with him again. Uh, we didn't do so hot. Obviously, we lost our carpet and knocked them, but Teddy was just uh, insane that game, I guess. He just wanted to, he wanted it more than us, I guess. So that was pretty unfortunate. Um, the, <laughs> the leading up to that game, we were mainly still playing with Nitro and Silence only got like two, three days of scrims. So we didn't like really feel fully prepared with him. And we, I'll be honest, didn't expect to like lose any open qualifiers, open qualifiers. So we didn't like stress too much on like, we wanted to prepare for like, I guess you could say um, the challengers rather than the open qualifiers. Cool. So we were mainly playing on Nick and uh, we didn't really focus on John and, or Silence, sorry. And so we like ended up Losing to Carpe Noctum, which is pretty unfortunate. And um, looking back, we definitely should have given more time to get accustomed with John and like actually have prep with him and like know what we're doing. Because 
that was pretty disappointing, you could say. Uh, and then, yeah, we, I mean, Nitro came back immediately. Uh, I don't know how he's doing it with a uh, new baby and everything, but he's been like pretty on top of his game, even playing like ranked yeah. late at night. Uh, like I tune into his stream every now and then. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want me to say? Yeah, I think you wanted to ask some more questions about Carpet Noctem, <laughs> didn't you? I mean, it is, well, it, it yeah. you kind of have to. Yeah. It is just yeah, one of the yeah. It's it's one of the irregularities, the mysteries of Valorant because it wasn't <laughs> streamed. Nobody really knows what uh, happened. It's just this. Do you want me to go like map my map? I mean, <laughs> listen <laughs> honestly. If you have that level of remembrance, yeah. If, if you, you can that remember that fateful I remember day, Haven the haunting vividly. Year. Haven will be forever scorched into my brain. Let's just say the way we lost that map had to be some of the most unfortunate. Like, and luckiest things I've ever seen. Teddy got, like, so the way the game ended was Teddy getting an ace with a guardian or something. I don't even remember. But, like, this guy was using a guardian only. Like, he was only using the guardian and just destroyed us. Wait, the and whole then, game? Something like that. I felt like he had a guardian every round and just one-tapping me. Uh, either, way, like, uh, either way, he got, like, an ace at the end with, like, I don't know, just destroyed us. Um, and then one of the rounds, we get, like, a double entry on the C site and we get double blind Sova ulted. No dart, nothing. And then we lose that round. That round felt so sad. Uh, and then Bind, I forgot what happened that game, but Haven was just the most saddest thing ever because I felt like, oh yeah, we lost second round. Oh, right, I remember this was the game where I thought, holy, f oh, can, can I curse? No, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, yeah. no, go for it. No, I won't. Just for the monetization. <laughs> or prayer and friend. Um, yeah, the second rounds. How many second rounds did we lose here? We lost this one, right, on Bind. What about Haven? Uh yeah, we lost here. Yeah, look at, look at, this is what I hated about the game back then. Do you see this back and forth on like our CT side and their T side? Uh, it felt like we didn't have an economy and then they won the 17th round and then we didn't have an economy until 19th round. Like I was using a stinger for the first six rounds. That's what the meta was back then. <laughs> God, and it was just like, the meta was so bad. <laughs> I was just using a stinger and like six rounds in a row and Teddy was just a better stinger player than me, I guess, that day. <laughs> he just like running stingered me across the map. I was A link. This guy runs out B and just double taps me with the stinger across the map, and I had light armor. And I was like, wow, this is the kind of game I'm in for. And <laughs> yeah, that, that was an incredible. I, uh, I imagine that playing open qualifiers like this can be dangerous, though. If you run into... The, the thing is, you have to be... Um, I, I suppose it's more dangerous in other regions, actually, where they only have BO1 series <laughs> yeah, and like, stuff I like that. Yeah, like EU. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, it, even, in, even in NA, there's like a chance that you can run into a team that's just on their A game that day. Like, I know that... Um, Talking about Silanx, actually, his team, the, the only reason that I was aware of him at all, to be honest, in the Valorant yeah, scene. We watched him pound That's Sentinels that He fucking game. pooed on Sentinels yeah. back yep. when he was playing for um, Sakura Storm I was, on that one map. That's why I was getting very upset at the community narrative when the Carpe Noctem game happened yeah. because so many people were just, oh, it has to be 100% Silanx's fault. Mm. It's all God. on him. I'm like, there's no way. There, he was carrying... There's no yeah, way right. he's. it was his fault exclusively. Yeah. I mean, of course, there's no way it was his fault exclusively. But also, I don't know. You can't, you can't blame a sub who has to come in yeah, sure. in, in, yeah. in, in such a serious way. And also, he, at least from what I had seen from him before, he was definitely a skilled player. Yeah. So. Yeah, he literally, I think he won us our first three... Haven rounds and we three of us I remember vividly having zero kills and I think Steel and Silence had I think like I think John had like nine and then Steel had like six or something I don't even remember but like they want he literally carried us on Haven obviously 
combine. But on Haven, he like was literally just getting us attacking rounds so hard. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I don't think it was Silex's fault. I think a core four of us should still win regardless of our fifth. Like as long as the fifth is like a radiant player, we should have won that game. I feel like um, that's just my takeaway. But I hope uh, Silex gets like you know he he already has some offers lined up. You'll be you'll see it. It'll be coming yeah. up soon, hopefully. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I wanted to ask whether you thought that the so this was about the the exact same time that you guys started to transition into the solo duelist kind of stuff as well. Yeah. Um, you'd played some of it at, at JBL for sure, but this was like you'd taken a break. It's over the winter. You come back playing challenges one, no nitro, but also changing the composition that you guys were playing and the style. Do you think that the not just the general comp, but also the approach from a hundred thieves where it's a bit more rigid and structured like you were talking about before on immortals you just wide swinging stuff and kind of yolo in a bit more do you think that the more rigid structure suffers more when you have like a sub or a change or because you are normally relying on that structure and if it's not there it there isn't like you don't yeah. you don't just fill in the gaps as fluidly mm -hmm. uh i mean we weren't really like too good at this like solo duelist comp we didn't have too much on it so like we were still running, I think on Bind we played Sage and then Haven we played Jet on Quan. So, I mean, we weren't fully into it. Like, we were right. still, like, experimenting, messing around. We were still figuring out, like, is Sage even good on Haven? Should Quan still play Jet? So, uh, we weren't, like, 100%. And um, we were still, like, working out the kinks, I guess you could say. And uh, cool. making sure everything was good. And then, yeah, I mean, that's just, like, the nature of, like, a game like Valorant where, like, if you put a sub in, they'll obviously do worse and maybe they'll do worse in a structured environment but that really depends like um how you, you view the game like if you put in um depends on like i guess how core the component is like in a smoke uh, a controller like omen he kind of like controls a lot of the game with like the smokes and everything and like the flash and everything setting up your teammate but then like with uh a good example is like sentinels putting in a jet player no offense but <clears throat> no offense but it's like a little bit easier i think uh putting in a duelist player rather than like a controller or some other component like a breach maybe even like uh yeah 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 i mean i can see i can understand why that would be the case yeah. the the um the lost akape nocturne though did spawn one of my funniest quotes that i've that i've seen recently you did an interview i think with nsg or it might have been with riot themselves actually and you were talking about riot. um you were talking about the the fan response and you were t you were talking about like um how how it was dealing with 100 thieves and you said uh Talking about the fans, you said, calling us out for underperforming is fair. Um, and you said, my mom even said after we lost, okay, well, you're going to college. And I thought that was just a, a hilarious quip, which I assume is a quip, right? It's not like, a, it's not like your mom's monitoring the tier three results every night, reading over them, and she, he's like, holy shit. Peter just lost a carpe, knocked him. He's going back to school. Jim, he's going to school. He's going to school. <laughs> Uh, it was just a funny joke my mom said, really. Uh, I mean, at the time, I think I was pretty much going to, like, after we went first strike, I was not going to apply to colleges, I think, but I was still going to, I was still thinking about it, really. I didn't know, like, where I was going to go, I guess, because I'm still doing high school. I still need to finish that. Um, obviously, I'm not going to drop out. I only have three more months. Um, but, yeah, my mom was just messing around with me uh, and just, like, having a good laugh, I guess, you know. Uh, yeah. Do you do you find that there's like the 
the time spent or traveling around to boot camps and stuff like that is a hard task to juggle. You seem like you're the kind of person that is just pretty practical. You're just like, oh, got to do it. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just kind of weird whenever like, so it's like I have to show up to school, do the work. And then right after I've pro or scrims and like practice and then like uh, i have like three hours for myself so i have a lot less time and i can't do things i like i enjoy such as watching anime um but I, I don't have time for stuff like that but i mean as long as you only have these two things in your life it's pretty straightforward like I, i'm just at my home all day i wake up at 10 go to school then practice starts at like 4 4 30 so i have uh my school only lasts four hours for some reason because i took like pretty like I, i'm pretty uh ahead in school, I guess you could say, where I don't need a math class. I don't need a science class. Like I'm not taking science this year. Um, and I don't need a, like a lot of these classes. Actually, I just need English and history and physical education uh, to graduate. So since I was so ahead, I made it really my senior year really easy for me. Right, and right. so I ended up just not having as many classes. Um, I, I am still taking like AP classes, but oh, yeah. No, I was I was just gonna say I don't understand how one does online physical education classes from the yeah. comfort of their own home. What the <laughs> fuck is that? Uh, mine is just um, so you have to click a button to say you're present, um, and then you have to fill out a Google form about an article about like weightlifting and stuff. Like so, we had a unit on like um, like all the machines. Like we had to learn right. like. Um, what each machine does, what uh, it works out, what muscle you have to use, how to use it properly. So like it, the questions would be like, um, I don't know, whatever machine, like what part does it work out primarily? And then you would say, I don't know, the biceps. I obviously like, yeah, it's pretty easy to cheat on it, but like you still have to like, you know, Google search it, I guess you could say. And like, <laughs> it, uh, and then you could just. Uh, I, um, is it fair to say you're big into weightlifting? No, it's just a unit. And the- <laughs> Uh, but as you can see, I am packing a lot of meat. Yeah, yeah, I could tell. I could tell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like uh, me. Pizza. I mean, actually, comparing you to me is fucking offensive to you. I have, <laughs> I have, a, I have a dad bod if I've it's ever seen one. Pringles body. It really is. Lovely Pringles body going on <laughs> right here. Yeah, I need that class, actually. If you could pass mm-hmm. along your findings. <laughs> uh, but yeah. It's funny whenever, so like my calculus teacher, I went to boot camp, right? Earlier for masters. It's funny whenever the teachers like email me or email my mom, like your son has missed a couple of days of school and hasn't done assignments. And then like, I'm on a plane right now flying to New York city. Like I can't even like show up to the class if I would love to. Um, But I do try to show up and none of my teachers like generally know that I do this except like one class. So my Teachers don't ask for video cams, except one class did for a little bit in First Strike. And I thought it was the funniest thing ever when I was in the AT&T Valorant training uh, room and I have my video cam on and you just see like six people in the background, like playing video games and like walking around. And I'm just in my English class. Like, <laughs> I don't even know what, what, what he was thinking. He even asked me like, yo, why are you not in your uh, living or like bedroom? Because I was like showing this room off. Right. And then like next week I come in, I'm in like. It's like compound or something, and he's like, it doesn't even have. So I thought that was hilarious, but I don't know. Is that but, not something you 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 like communicate to your your school about and like juggle that no. in terms of like synergizing it with them? I don't even know whether that's something that you could do, but I I mean I'm too. I guess I have anxiety to ask them, but like there's no point. I mean I'm just I still show up to school and stuff like right, it's online. Right. 
I, it's just like the funniest thing is like whenever so we had um, a half day in school uh like friday two weeks ago and i was in la and the teacher said be there at 9 35 and i thought i didn't realize he meant east coast so i showed up at 9 35 pacific <laughs> and like <laughs> it was so bad i just missed this class just straight up i was like oh my god <laughs> I, I thought that was hilarious at the time but yeah yeah yeah, he's just assuming that all of his students that are around the high school would still be on the East Coast time zone. <laughs> Very reasonable assumption, I think, from that. Yeah, pretty teacher. reasonable. I don't know why he didn't write East. Uh, like, uh, so, so ignorant. Oh, my. Do you, but, yeah. do you find that there's... I think that when I think about your situation, both on the team and how you're balancing high school and stuff like that, the word that comes to mind very naturally, I think, is a pressure. I feel like you're under a lot of pressure to <laughs> to to be successful in order to actually like sustain a career. Especially, I know that when I was your age, actually, actually, what the fuck am I talking about? I was way older than you. I don't know why I'm saying it was your <laughs> age. Lord knows what I was doing at your age. But when I was when I was older and trying to get into esports professionally, I don't know whether the audience actually for this even understands this aspect of it because I think when you when you look at pro players or you look at people who are professional within esports you assume that they're like salary 401k they're all fucking good like they're they're just set up for the rest of their lives like mm, when i know. when i got into esports i mean i was just conning my parents that <laughs> that i that i had any idea of what i was doing with my future and then every year after that even after i got a job for the overwatch league moved to the u.s i we, we lived on air mattresses for the first five months because we were convinced we were going to get fired and we would just have to go and pack shelves in Tesco's again in the UK. And I feel like that, like, that, that felt like a weight on my shoulders for the first few years of being a professional because the career prospects in the future are just, I mean, you don't know what, I, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do in the future because I'm probably not going to be a caster for fucking ever like that's in your 60s yeah just walking around with the cane like oh these these zoomers are pretty good I'm playing fortnite <laughs> 20 yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah i think that 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 is like its own form of of pressure to like think about your career moving forwards and especially when you're a pro it's not exactly the same as having some like analyst role or caster role or something you're actively competing for your success like if you're if you're a bit of a shit caster, mate, you can coast. There's some shit casters out there. But if you're a shit player, you very quickly go down the. <laughs> you can coast for a bit. You can coast I've for a little it. bit. I've seen it. There, there definitely are. You can you collect can paychecks for a, for a while, bit, yeah. but you can't you can't sustain it long term. You no. you will eventually get kind of uh, cycled out. Yeah. So, so when I think about you and and that situation you're in there, and also your situation like with all of the burden of being like this solo entry player for a hundred thieves and stuff. I th I feel like there's a lot of pressure on you as an individual. Uh, I just don't think about it. Like I don't think about the future. Uh, I just think about the present. Uh, yeah, I mean that's like the straightest forward. I like you say career paths, but I'm just thinking like two years down the line at most, at most, and I see myself still playing this game. So I don't really like want to worry about ten years later when I'm 36, like or wait, 27. Uh, what will I be doing? So doing all right in uh, math. You, you need a tutor. <laughs> so you you need some help graduating. Uh, yeah, do you... I've been doing too many calculus class derivatives. I don't even know what the like tangent lines at this point. I don't know anymore. So what, when you do graduate, what's what's the plan then? Like, are you just what's gonna just focus on Valorant twenty four seven? Yeah. Or are All you just time. gonna 
use that spare time to just enjoy your life and do other things uh, as well yeah i might i mean probably both right that seems like the most realistic answer i'll probably like right now i've been doing like 13 hour streams because we don't have practice uh and i just generally play the game for 14 hours straight um but like i'll probably just like stream in the mornings and then stream at night and then have practice uh as long as covid still a thing i mean i wasn't really going outside when even at, without COVID. So not like much has really changed with COVID. Yeah. It's just, I don't have to go to school. And that commute in New York City is pretty, uh, it's an hour long. It's not good. But that is ridiculous. yeah. Yeah, yep, it is ridiculous. New York is crazy. It's, it's a yeah. wild place. Like London yeah. on meth. <laughs> yeah, I, I visited London. It was great. Yeah, yeah. London's a great city. I mean, I love New York as well, but I wouldn't want to live there, I don't think. <laughs> I wouldn't want to live here either. But we'll see. Uh, but I mean, I'm not going to plan on moving out anytime soon. I feel like that's pretty dumb. Like I, I, I'm going to live with my parents until like for like a while, probably like four years, probably there's like, I don't really see a point. My parent, my mom doesn't even want me to move out. So they don't have any of that pressure. Um, high school just feels like as long as I show up and do some of the work, not even all of it, just pass, I'll be fine. Cause I'm not really like trying to go to college with good grades, even though I had good grades all the way up till uh, college. Like my mom was like pressing me on sat stuff and like all like ap classes and like yeah so like i still ended up taking ap classes on my senior year even though i have even though i was on immortals my mom still wanted me to take you know all these classes and like even though i finished math she still wanted me to take calculus like uh, i don't know but so uh i'm just in like that situation i guess is that like but um that is that like just looking out for you or is that like i mean what, what's calculus really gonna do at this point like, <laughs> mate, I don't uh, know I mean, some lineups, maybe. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like AP macroeconomics is really gonna help me help me make it big, I guess. But I mean, I guess learning about stocks and stuff is fun. But and like, yeah, mate, you can you can go to the moon, Asana to the yeah. moon. <laughs> yeah, Quan or was it Quan coins to the moon? That's his like thing. Mm. I I wanted to ask you about your um your your general like philosophy in terms of how you approach the game as well, because I I I think that. When Riot did that piece with you that they, I can't even remember what it was called, but like the VCT pieces that they did for Shaz and Mummy and, and you They had well. a better one. I had like a smaller one. Don't compare me to those like masterpieces. Okay. Like, did you see Mummies? Mummies was insane. I watched <laughs> Mummy, that. Mummies was crazy. It they was, put the budget yeah. behind Mummies. Yeah they, yeah, they really did. I mean, yeah. They it was like nine minutes long. And mine was like two minutes. Like, he had like his own thing. That, I think they traveled to his place and they did it during like Challengers 3. Mine was right before Masters. All right, sorry. Right. right. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, you asked where macroeconomics could take you. You, you, could, be, you could be the next mummy on Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you'll have yeah. big, big pictures made about you. But well, one of the things that you mentioned in the, in the video was you said something like you, you don't want to act or think that you're the best like you wanted to to keep your your ego in check or something, but you always want to play as if you're the best. Could you could you kind of? I'm sure I've butchered like that yeah. whole thing. Could you rephrase yeah. it yourself? And and then I wanted to dig into yeah. it a little bit. You said it like exactly how I said it. I mean, I come up with these quotes on the spot. I don't know. Like, I mean, I had a pretty bad CS pass, like where I was really toxic and like I had a big ego going into CS because like I was a 14 year old kid, you know, just enjoying myself. Um, and like i just like played a lot and people thought i had an ego and i didn't really like that so i decided to make it my job in valorant to not have an ego and try to be a little bit more nicer to people and like 
just be a good person overall and not like be mean to my teammates. So I decided to like take that in. And I guess that was like the first time I openly like said something like that in like right, right. a weird and like a yeah. I don't really like, like all these quotes. I I just think about them on the spot. I think that was a pretty good quote looking back. Uh, yeah. I was pretty proud of it actually in the moment. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so that was just that because like I don't like that. Um, like I was thinking like Sinatra. Like you know how he was like really toxic when he was going up. Uh, in like uh, Overwatch, right? Uh, like he was really toxic. So like I didn't want like that kind of like past. So right, I just right. wanted to. I would be like a good person. You know, I want right. that kind of narrative. That's all. Sure, sure. The 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 um the 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 way that you're kind of phrasing it as well is like you have looked at how other people have acted within the scene, and you've looked at kind of your own past as well, and decided that there's like how you want to act and how yeah. you want to get success. But I think that um yeah, whenever whenever what I've tended to notice just from interacting with peers and other people in esports as well is that. The younger people are when they develop a philosophy. The more it's to do with, or, or the when you when you crystallize some kind of thought like that, it's normally to do with, um, with like one distinct thing that you're really that you've really noticed within the scene or something, rather than just your collection of experiences. Um, is is there anything that kind of pushed you in that direction? I mean, obviously you're saying your your history playing rank, right? <laughs> I guess I guess like if you play that for fourteen hours straight, you're bound to meet some interesting individuals um but yeah i mean that's it yeah. do, do you do you think that this is gonna like the the point that i want to get to here is that valorant is growing at a rapid rate i mean it's like exploding in north america it's not really yeah, everywhere right. else but it is in north america yeah. and F a funny story oh sorry funny story no, is on. like i guess snapchats like after my lg game and after i won the first strike people like at my school messaged me i didn't even know like they were into valorant but like they just messaged me like, yo, congrats on the game. You played insane. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, thank you. I don't know. I just thought it was cool. I didn't really expect people to like, because in CS, like if I blew up in CS, I don't think, like there were people that knew me that I played CS MDL. But there was like five people like, uh, like that I didn't tell. And then like when I played Valorant, I feel like everyone basically knew at that point. Um, and they even like stopped by and check on my Twitch and stuff. It's kind of cool. All right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no that, yeah, that cool. is pretty sweet. But yeah, it is it is remarkable how main well, it's remarkable that this game is going in such a mainstream direction. And it makes sense when you look at it because it has all the appealing qualities for viewers as CS did that made it entertaining to watch in regards to just the way the rounds play out, the actual scoring system, yeah, the tension. Yeah, the tension of each round and the overall tension of of the round score, uh, the ability to clutch and and all of that just makes it such a good viewing experience, but then also the actual, the game's actual look and the diversity yeah, of the agents. Yeah. Like there's just a million more things within the game that make it more appealing to a wider audience. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it does make sense in, in that way that, that it is growing at such a crazy rate. But yeah, it, I mean, because that game you mentioned as well, the one against LG where you were pounding, that like... After that game, you're trending on Twitter and like I don't, I've yeah. I've never really seen that before. This is like a new thing, and obviously yeah. I can't think really of when that like would have that. happened in Overwatch. And I know if Bren was here, he would be telling us about remember. the TikToks. No, well, he'd be telling us about the TikToks, but also remember the algorithm skews towards the things you're oh, true, interested in, true. Yeah. which is true. But still, um, to to even be within the realm where there's you know 
whatever, like 10,000 people tweeting about you because you played well in a game. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. Like, I, I, I've never really seen... For a seen game with that, that, like, that game wasn't really, like, that important. Like, I know yeah. Nico was trending when he won first strike, but, like, that game was just, like, a Challengers 3 lower bracket final. So I didn't expect it to, like, you know what I mean? Like, if they're watching sure. games like that, they definitely tune in for the finals. Yeah, So yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which is, like... Yeah, I've just never really seen that. Yeah, yeah. And with the consistency that that seems to be happening now, um, it's a bit different. But I guess how how do you then? How what's your handle on that? Like seeing yourself trending as a topic, um, dealing with the the fame, I guess, and and the, the fame. Oh, it hurts. But the but but. <laughs> But handling all that uh, alongside, obviously, just your responsibilities as a player, finishing school, um, how how does that factor in? Like, do you have, I guess, are there people around you and 100 Thieves that are, you know, there to offer their advice, given that they've kind of been in the situation already? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's not really much to think about. I'm just, like, living life, kind of, and, like, just taking one step at a time. I don't really like looking at, like, like I said earlier, looking at, like, the future too hard and, like, thinking about, like, the pressure and, like, stuff like that. I don't really feel that much pressure because it feels like I'm just playing my game. And I feel like, I don't know, I just don't really, like, like, I don't think about, like, the the consequences of, like, whenever I play the game, like, uh, whenever I make, like, really bad plays or really good plays. Like, I remember me, like, uh, Masters, like, just on Icebox, on, I'm on top of B, Bind Sight, and I just start going in for the rocket after a Killjoy lockdown. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yes, I do, actually. All. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like, I don't think about the consequences of a bad play like that. I just think about <laughs> what what could happen. And I think of the good stuff. And, um, I mean, I'm just like, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't think, I think I'm too young to think about, like, the bigger picture, I guess you could say, about, cool. like, life. And, like, because yeah. I just decided to do this when August 2017, I just said, when I was going to ninth grade, I said, all right, let me try going pro. I don't have anything to do in life at the moment. And I wasn't, I wasn't really interested in clubs, like sports or anything. And like, even though I tried every sport, I just, it wasn't my thing. I didn't like doing it. So then I decided, let me try going pro. And I yeah, did that for CS. And then uh, Valorant came out and I was like, yeah, might as well. This is going to be way easier because there's no gatekeep or gatekeep community. Yeah, and yeah. like, I can easily just break in if I'm good enough. And that's what happened. Yeah. I, I think that's, your current attitude is definitely like one that people have when they first start out sometimes. Yeah. Some people have like a massive ego right from the beginning, but I think holding on to that attitude is extremely a, like a massively good idea because a lot of people, the, the yeah. more they go through it, end up getting like, it's yeah. in a serious sense, they get addicted to the attention. And I mean, I mean that seriously, like, like it's actually can be an addiction. Like you just yeah. get, you, you, you yeah. love the I attention. Like looking at numbers. Getting. I like looking at like you know impressions like on Twitter. I love seeing sure. that number be bigger, my follower account be bigger. I do enjoy like stuff like that, but I feel like yeah. that's just like human. Yes, stuff, of course you know it is. I mean? yeah. yeah, it's it's completely human, and I think some people though end up getting like sucked into that world of, and then that becomes the world instead of the winning aspect of it, and yeah, like just true. being in the moment and playing as well. So I think that's um yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people will have to deal with as Valorant gets bigger because a lot of the people that are primed to be stars are people in similar situations to, to you where they haven't had it happen to them on that scale before. Like they might have seen some glimpses of success in other titles or even won like, uh, some smaller tournaments, but the majority of people that are primed for success in Valorant have not really had like 
the full attention and focus of uh, a, a community that size upon them. And uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how people deal with that kind of stuff and, and adapt as they as they grow older. I'll try not to disappoint that entire community. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. No pressure. But I mean, the, I mean, the current the current attitude you have, I think, is a very good one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, yeah. Why do I care about them? <laughs> exactly. Fuck yeah. them all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good attitude, Josh. Yeah. Good message for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk a bit about the um, the. Uh, the the entrying aspect then for a hundred thieves let's let's co- collect back to um to to like challenges two challenges three kind of time as you're making this run through and you guys are um adding you you remove dicey adding Ethan you're finalizing the 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 kind of structure that you guys want to play and yet all throughout it's been you entrying and I know that we touched on this a little earlier where you were talking about the the duelist. Um, the solo duelist comps where you're talking about like adjusting protocols and double blast packing in and that kind of stuff but there's been a lot of different looks for 100 thieves there's been you playing alongside a jet um you playing sorry raise alongside a jet i mean you playing phoenix for them as well in certain compositions which does change the dynamic of what you're able to do and the pace that you can play at but you've also played like with a breach when you guys play on haven and you've been playing with the the like sage compositions on a lot of the other maps too how does how does that differ? Like, what, is, what has been your thought process when you get into a game, depending on the comp you have behind you, depending on, like, what time it was for 100 Thieves, in terms of what goes through your head and, like, what helps you entry for, for this team? Um, I think the biggest difference between, like, the comps you just labeled is, like, the one with the Breach, it just feels so much more harder to, like, play off of the YouTube. Like, I'll be honest, sometimes he flashes, and, like, I have to, I'm used to CS where, like, each flash, you throw it, it's the same amount of time for it to pop. But in this game, if you throw it, it takes time for that tra- flash to travel. And like, if it, you're closer to the wall, it pops earlier than if you're fur Like, if he's throwing it from way back, it has to travel to the wall and then pop. And I'm not used to that for some reason. Where like, sometimes I swing and I, it like blinds me way too early. Uh, it blinds me as I'm swinging. So I, I, right, that's why right. I noticed when I was getting uh, into it. But then like when I'm entering, uh, like I also have to... With Breach, I have to wait for, like, the util, which is kind of weird, because I'm usually, like, when Steel says, all right, let's exec, I'm going in. Like, I'm not, like, I, I really don't don't really think much about it. And uh, we're just taking the site at that point. So, I mean, I just have to, like, now, like I said with the protocols earlier, like, once he flashes the first time, I should wait for, like, stop and, like, clear all the angles and wait for the second one and then, like, be a little bit more methodical about, like, how I approach uh, my entering rather than just, like, clearing stuff and, like, praying you know what i mean um and then also like i don't think people realize like how hard it is to in this game especially to just like run in and then like let's say you you forget to break a trip and you just hit a trip and you die to a guy a heaven on haven like stuff like that and then like recon darts you know all this like it's terror killjoy mollies all this other stuff that's like so much harder than in cs it feels like because in cs like you like you have a lot of flashes like a lot to entry like you could literally like chain flash an entire bomb site and you are entering like pretty relatively easier than I think in this game because in this game it's a lot more dry like to entry unless you have a comp that's like built for it or you're playing an agent that's like really good for it like because I was thinking like if I played jet with so I've been interested or intrigued by jet a little bit because I've never played jet in a pro match so I have no idea how it's like but like imagine if I dashed in and hit in a smoke 
and then waited for, for my teammate's utility. That sounds like a way better than just double satcheling in and then just like dying as I'm in the air. But that's what I was thinking. But that's how it feels when entering. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have to adjust your crosshair so much in this game as well. Yeah. You know, just with everything you were talking about, like you have to break a trip and a recon and two mollies. It's, yeah, all by myself. Generally. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Uh, and also, to do. if you do get hit by a recon or a or a trip, when you're playing at this level, that's just an insta death a lot of the time. Yeah, too. yeah, especially Odin meta. Like, I literally have PTSD going into B main, and I just see the I, they don't do anything, and I walk in a little bit, and then they dart, and then it scans me, and I get Odin, and I'm like, wow, I got to play the game. That's how I think. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. I didn't even like see anyone. I just didn't break the dart fast enough, and I just get ticked. And Odin spammed the B main ascent. It's just like yeah. so sad and demoralizing. And I'm just trying to work the map, uh, and I'm like tasked to do B main, and it's like really annoying. I know that I know that you've talked a lot about like what what you feel like the team needs when you're talking about uh, you know you being synced up with the team and waiting for the utility to come through and all of that kind of stuff. If you had it your way, like your favorite way of playing. What would you what would you want to play? Like would you actually want to play the jet and like do all of the crazy shit that jet players do? Yeah, would want, you want yeah. to play just Phased. Phoenix and flash for yourself all the time? Phase. I want to smeeg. But <laughs> obviously that is not um I I know that's not the right way to play and I know that like it's okay. Not right way to play. That's not consistent, I'd say. Right. Um mm. compared to like us playing with like utility and stuff. It's like a lot more reliable and like utility can't fail you like that will always be like a surefire like the way the best comparison i can say is like if a guy's blind no matter how good his aim is most likely he won't kill you most likely god forbid uh a guy full blind kills you but that's like how i view it um and i agree with uh that should be the right way to play but i mean i enjoy playing more like smegan just you know running around but i do want to keep my job so <laughs> yeah i think that's no, pretty fair no drastic yeah. changes to the 100 thieves style well do you think that <laughs> there's been a lot of conversation about jet recently and a lot of yeah, the yeah. a lot of the teams that would run breach compositions i mean you can see it here actually from t1 because uh, our producer's a god and he's come up with the the uh, the goods immediately but they're running the jet and jet does combo extremely well with breach we've seen a lot yeah. of very good teams try and run uh jet on, on this map sure on other maps i mean especially i'm thinking ascent for example jet and breach really common in other regions and have been for a while um but it's not something that you've ever particularly done and do, do you think now with the like removal of dicey it feels like you have um the responsibility to pick up some of these other agents that are no longer being played i know that people like nitro ethan potentially could and could transition into that role as well but they haven't done yet and the most natural would be for you to try and take that up um yeah. what, what do you feel about that whole the, the idea in the scene at the moment with phases success and with tens playing a lot of it as well that like a jet is required okay yeah i feel like the word required was a little too strong but i mean it is definitely like an interesting agent, I'll say. Like, uh, I did learn how to play Jet. Like, I uh, most people thought I knew how to play Jet. I did not know how to play Jet the entire time because I've always had a uh, a one-trick Jet or a Deddy Jet that there was, like, probably no right. way. Like, if if I was to play Jet, what's the point of, like, dice even? Um, so there was no point in me ever to play Jet, and I never played it. Literally, I've never touched it until recently after uh, Ethan's... After Ethan joined our team. So I started learning how to play Jet. I had a lot of fun, but I don't know. Not... I'm not really too keen on it. I still like raise more and bind than like split. 
Um, I do enjoy Reyna mostly still, but Jet is like something I feel like if something happens and Josh has like a vision of how like he thinks Jet would be good on this map. Like I, personally, I think Jet is really good with Breach. So I was I was thinking like playing Jet on like Haven at least. But besides that, I was kind of just content on like uh, the five the the race that we were running, um, or even like Phoenix with uh, the Breach, something like that. But yeah. yeah. Do you watch other um, other entries to be to like get a feel for how they play? Like maybe some people over in Europe or or in Korea where they tend to play more of these um, like less double duelist kind of compositions, more of just the the rays. Like I'm thinking the the comparison I tend to make with 100 Thieves is Guild from Europe. I don't know whether yeah. you've seen many of their games because the, you guys run almost identical team comps on most maps. Um, and they've been playing it for a long time, and you're seen who does the, your role, who plays majority raise for them, in fact, all raise for them, I think. Yeah. Um, his his entering is like it, it's it's pretty it's somewhat similar. He's able to he's able to schmeeg sometimes, but he's also had to tighten up his his play a lot. Like at first strike, he was a player that was very much. Um, just taking a lot of risks and trying to, you know, create those openings for his team. And now it's incredibly utility reliant. And when I think about 100 Thieves, like, I often tend to make the comparisons to the to the European teams because they've been playing with that comp for a much longer period of time and, like, figured out a lot of the, the quirks of how it works. Um, do, do you ever take inspiration from other people around the scene? Uh, the only one I've really looked at, like, full, like I watched, a, like, a good amount of odds was JD from NIP. When okay. I had to learn Icebox, uh, Sage, that was the only time because mm. I I didn't know where to start and like I thought let me go check out because um, NIP was doing good at the time and they were JD was like the best Sage at the time statistically but I still think he's the best Sage sure. uh, in uh, Europe and I thought he was really good so I, I watched a lot of his Icebox that's like the only one I really like looked in depth and like I because when um, I forgot why I was running Sage oh yeah because we wanted. I think Dicey on Jed, and then I had to go to Sage in order to have a Sage because we thought Sage was like 100% on Icebox, which I, it is 100% on Icebox, it feels like. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, uh, unless you play like Envy does. Um, either way, so I learned that's the only player I really like watched in depth and like thought, wow, this guy's actually pretty damn good at the game. Um, but besides that, I like watch most of the games like for fun and uh, entertainment. Like I watch the Masters of Europe for fun, like because I just like want to watch a uh, scene, cool. scene end. Play and then uh, <laughs> yeah 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 I'm so bad with that name like I can't pronounce that name Cnend right yeah I think it's just Cnend I mean okay. I, I don't know I'm not Turkish and so then, maybe there's a different uh, pronunciation but I think it's Cnend okay and then Kyle's uh, he has a Ukrainian flag so I wanted to root for him and then yeah that's like mm. the only thing I watched and then the Brazilian games I watched um uh Furia versus uh, Gamelanders like I, I heard that was a good series so I watched oh, yeah, that one. Yeah um and then i saw they got three out by vikings i was gonna watch that but never got to it uh korea nitro has that uh he loves korea he just right, watched right. that all the time um but i feel like like you said i think the only unless guild runs like the exact same comp i might watch that but i feel like i we have to learn it ourselves because like the play styles and comps are so different and drastic between like teams that like it feels as if entering and learning it from someone else is really hard Unless you have the same exact players, because it feels almost as if, like, like if you have um, so like if you have a lot more passive players on your team and you're entering, it's gonna be a lot harder than like if you have like an aggressive omen or something. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I feel like mm -hmm. 
the pathing I have to take is going to have to be a lot more different than um, like you, yeah, seen maybe depending on like the players and like what we're really trying to accomplish in the round, and, like what map control we want um, when entering. Like well, specifically, what I'm thinking is like ascent a site. Like sometimes you want to entry through garden, um, just because like you want to take garden yeah. and you want to wrap through heaven and like stuff like that. So like yeah, I'll probably I probably if I struggle with entering, I'll look at it, but I really don't think my entering is that big of a problem it is hard but it's like kind of just a lot and i'm like just trying to do the most i can out of the situation yeah, yeah of, of course i mean one of the yeah. i think one of the narratives about you as an entry or at least um most recently with this new iteration with ethan um with the new iteration of the team is that there's more pressure on you now than there was before in the dicey iteration when he would be in the site supporting you um, that there was just even more for you to be done as an individual. Do you think that there's some truth to that narrative? Do, do you feel that at all when you're actually in the game? It doesn't feel like that in the game, but I bet it, looking out from the outside in, it definitely feels like that. But, I mean, well, I was going to say something good. I forgot. Well, I mean, looking from the outside, I bet people think that, but I think, like, so, oh yeah, I was gonna say since I'm a top three player, I feel like I can easily do that. It's not like something outside of the realm, you know what I mean? Like I definitely could accomplish that. It's not like, well, he can't do it. It's like too much for him. So I definitely think I could step up to play. But we're working on like making it easier. So it's not like it will be like that forever. I think um, we're gonna try to make mainly like everyone on attack a lot more aggressive and like learn how to like. Uh, like, do our abilities, like, not everyone needs to be throwing abilities, basically. Let's put it that mm. way. Like, everyone, some people might, like, even though it might be nice to do something, like, set lineup or something, you can do it, like, wing it or, like, stuff like that. Like, just so you're closer in spacing. Um, cool. Yeah. I can't really go into depth, but yeah, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. hopefully we're better. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's all I can say. The secrets. Yeah, of course. Did yeah. you fight at all for uh, trying to still play Reyna on Icebox? That was one of the only things I was surprised about was that you weren't playing Reyna on that map anymore no i mean i don't really i'm vibing i i just play whatever they want i mean i don't really care much what i play as long as it's a duelist or sage because i played sage a lot in beta um and then they try to make me the only thing i've ever said no completely to is breach uh you guys <laughs> oh, never god, god forbid you guys never saw my breach but let's just say it was a sight to behold back in uh, <laughs> november why what, that what was the idea behind you playing breach the flash uh, and dash is you, was it? You were uh, just going to be just setting up dicey. Uh, I was just crazy on breach. Let's put it that way. You know, like, <laughs> what do you think about what do you think about shot up on breach? I mean, he he loves I, going first on breach, doesn't he? He I, loves going first. I, just imagine that, but me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I played Omen uh, before Nick. Uh, I think we were running. I think single duelist at the time. Wait, actually, I don't remember our comp, but we were. I was playing Omen for a little bit uh, as well. I think that mm. that was that was interesting. Yeah, but, right. you. You had said earlier that you, you thought uh, Nitro was the best Omen in NA. Uh, yeah. and, any desire to have him back on the Omen rather than uh, the can't leak. Hmm? But I can't leak, but we might be uh, seeing Nick back on Omen. Mm. But I have no idea. Uh, Astra's coming in, so I don't really... I like, I'll be honest, we took a little break recently because of Steel. He had, uh, let's just say, he had like a vacation and like his significant other, they already had something planned uh, right. for like these four days. Um, and like so we haven't really talked much about comps but we were i think we might move nick back to him and i don't really know like well, i'll find out in the next five hours like <laughs> I said. 
But it, it, it's wow. your team has a lot of flexibility as well because yeah, true. Ethan, now that he's got to grips with the game a little bit as well, um, I mean, he he played an entry. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he played an entry role within CS, didn't yeah. he? So it, it feels like he would be potentially poised to do something in that yeah. vein too if you guys wanted to move back to double duelist kind of comms. Yeah, funny enough, I asked when Ethan joined because I, like I said, I didn't know anything about him at all. Like I, yeah. And so I asked like, where would you put him on like a spectrum like uh like the least aggressive most aggressive like so i said like asana or hiko like you know where would he be <laughs> they said like nitro and i'm like okay, uh, i don't know what that meant at the time but we'll see we're <laughs> learning yeah what does that mean i don't know where that is know. on the spectrum i don't know what that means i, I think it just means like like, like In the uh, middle? slightly yeah i guess middle i don't know but <laughs> we'll find out i uh, thought that was funny at the time that is funny but now that leads me i think it just, it must be asked because now you know someone is going to, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to take that section yeah. and they're going to say, holy shit, Asuna thinks Hiko is the most passive player. In, in the world. <laughs> in the world. So, nah, you get the point of like the comparison. There's no way, I hope people don't take it out of context, but. No, no, no. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm joking, yeah. but. Yeah, I know you are. I'm sorry. But is there a. I don't know. I don't even know what my question is. I guess something to, I'm going to yeah. speak and maybe we'll find a question within it <laughs> because the, I guess essentially what I'm getting at is community narratives. Sure. And at this point, I think there's, there's a lot of uh, community discussion as to how he effective Hiko has been yeah. well, on the team. There's been a lot of community narratives about 100 Thieves. I mean, early on, there was like Di Dicey's underperforming, and then well, now yeah. the community narrative yeah. has actually flipped yeah. the other way, and people talking about like yeah, Dicey was never set up to succeed. Yeah. Dicey was never the problem. Yeah. He's actually always <laughs> The narrative through. I find is like the Reddit is, or I read Reddit just because, you know, why not see what people say in there? And no one hates me right now. Until they hate me, I'll stop reading it. But <laughs> either way, Right now, whenever I see Reddit, uh, Reddit, it just feels like flip-flop every single day. Like, I remember Shinobi, he got cut, and then instantly, oh, Shinobi's not the problem. Then now it's like Hiko, God Hiko, first strike, king of the world, and now oh, Hiko's back. Like, I mean, I don't really get this, like, at all. Like, and then Dicey, um, what you guys just said, I thought it was pretty bad, but either way, Hiko's playing Sova. Sova should be alive last, like, generally speaking. Um, But there are times where he needs to be more aggressive, and like, it's pretty clear and then also like same with me i need to be slower so like it's like we need to learn how to just play a lot like we don't have to play to our agent's comfort which we were trying to like you saw like a clear example of us doing this is like steel opting on killjoy now let's be real that's not the best and like you know but that's yeah. what we're like we're seeing like we're just like trying things out like trying to like see if like we shouldn't be limited to our agents on like only a duelist can entry and only a sentinel can anchor you know what i mean like stuff like this right and right. like it'll definitely make your gameplay a lot more um diverse and we're trying to work on that so and one of them is like spencer don't be last alive every time you know like stuff like that like um or like you know you can enter you can just like wing a dart or shoot it and then go in you know what i mean like stuff like that so but obviously it's a lot harder to entry when you're droning and stuff like yeah, so, yeah of and obviously yeah. the shock darts are good the soul vault's really good so like there's no complaints from like the players but yeah uh, I think that narrative is really like just people hating on Spencer because he gets a lot of hate because he's like really popular. Feels like um a lot of the popular players get a lot of hate for literally no reason. And whenever like something poor happens with them, which I find really ridiculous. Um, but I don't even think Spencer reads Reddit, so I don't even think he knows. 
if anything. But yeah. It um yeah, the 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 team is interesting. Uh, oh, like the community narratives around the team are interesting too. There's, I mean, the narrative around you at the moment, I feel, is that Asuna needs to kill everything, otherwise, <laughs> yeah. these loses. Is yeah. like the. I, I wonder what. That's silly. We we've tapped a little bit into like what it feels like from the inside, but um, when 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 you have a game like um, the one that comes to mind is when you're playing against FaZe and the FaZe guys coming into it when we did an interview with Baby Bay we were, <laughs> they were like they were like we're just going going for Asana we're just trying to kill Asana at the beginning of the rounds and it does feel like from the outside that there is some lack of the spear tip once you go down um, and I mean that's that's an outside perspective that is somewhat similar to the community narrative. It's not as not as you know like black and white as like yeah. Asuna has to kill everybody, but yeah. it does feel like that aggressive component gets gets neutralized a little bit if you get taken out early on. Is that what it feels like from internally within the team that you feel? Um, do you ever feel like within this phase game, for example, that you were disincentivized to take duels because you had to be alive for when the sight hit came through or something like that? really feel like that but i could see why people think that because like i said it's like um back to the point where like like josh is pretty big on like anyone can entry like right. you can just literally just start playing and like it's cs so, like just ignore your utility and think like every life is the same so we're just like trying to work on like stuff like that um but i, I didn't really feel that uh it just happens to be like i'm the first person in and like i end up dying and like yeah um i've been just trying to value my life a little bit more yeah that's just like in general a little bit more true regardless if it's phase or not i think um but that's just because like the way i play is really aggressive and i've been trying to like be a little bit more moderate about it and like trying to see like what play style i guess is like the best and what could um lead to the more more rounds one basically um because sometimes being all the time first in or being aggressive all the time and looking for the first fight for the team is just not good because you don't really like, but if you're not feeling it, and like, you know, you know what I mean. You get oh, the general sure. gist. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they if they target me, that's just unlucky, really. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. one I don't of the know. things. One of the things now talking about the that that phase match that that I, we wanted to get into as well was within that uh, that challenger that you qualified. That was the debut with Ethan, and there was noticeable there were noticeable improvements throughout that first challenger like day by day you could tell like starting off where you were in the game that you lost to nrg and then making it through the lower bracket into the finals and yeah you did lose to phase but still at that point it felt like okay they're still working on things clearly the team is so new yeah and it was only um, like a week and since ethan had been added to the team even at that point yeah, yeah five um, days. and yeah. then the week following that between uh, that that final game against FaZe, and then the actual master event, um, and then there was the following. Then the, there was the one week more break week, as well, and then yeah. there was the week break, right? And it had it had kind of seemed from the outside looking in that there was more progress made within just that challenger than the actual following weeks. Like not a lot had actually changed, and the 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 core issues that were plaguing the team. That being, it seemed like the trading and the fundamentals were off, kind of what you had said before. Um, those didn't see much in the way of improvement, and the only real visible change was the steel opping on Killjoy um, between yeah. the first and second week of Masters. Um, so what was going on 
I guess, behind the scenes, like in practice at that point, what did you guys feel that you needed to address? What were you trying to fix between each week of Masters? Well, obviously, when we picked them up, we first had to like learn how to play this comp, uh, I guess, again, because uh, I forget what, like, to be honest, like, forget what we were doing without, before without Dicey. Um, but either way, we picked up Ethan. We had to like figure out his role, what we wanted to move. So Nick took one for the team, went out of his comfort role, and gave us a Ethan so he could be a little bit more comfortable because learning, we felt like learning Omen was a lot easier. So we had five days. Um, and so we. Uh, ended up playing Challengers 3. We lost to NRG. It was pretty close, but I forget how that game went. It's been a while. But yeah, it did feel like we were improving a lot every day because we started, uh, this is mainly in the boot camp, but we learned a lot more when obviously you lose than you win. So mm -hmm. it was really easy to learn from the games that we lost. Um, ironic for me to say that because we lost to Sentinels and then showed a pretty bad performance in Gen G. Um, but either way, it felt like we learned a lot in these VOD reviews, especially the one after Gen G. Because, yeah, I'll get to that point later. But, yeah. Uh, then we went on, like, the, I guess you can call it a lower bracket run all the way until the grand finals where we lost the cool. phase. But it felt like everything was just, like, clicking those games. And, like, it felt like we couldn't do any wrong. And it felt like we didn't really have the problem of, like, the fundamental problems where we did against, like, Gen G. They weren't really apparent during, like, uh, I don't know if it's, like, the teams were facing or something. But, I don't know. We beat Gen G. And then we like uh, we beat wait who do we we beat T one we beat TSM we beat Gen G we beat LG yeah um of course I was popping off but you know that that yeah I don't know how those series would go if I didn't like start feeling myself but yeah and then we lost the phase which I mean it's really uh, I felt like it was really hard to get into that game I don't know if that makes any sense but yeah, we already qualified for Masters and like. Yeah, it was just like you lost. I mean, they're already up one map as well. I now remember, and we lost the first map. And it's like, well, two zero. All right, right and then right. like I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's hard for me. It's like it feels kind of weird to say that because, yeah. But it's like hard to get into these games and like yeah. Do you think and, like is that is that because they're online or is that because they're qualifier maybe. matches? I mean, it's still a fifty thousand dollar tournament at the end of the day, right? But yeah. I can understand where you're coming from. But what what is the can. Do you think you can narrow it down to a specific thing that makes it feel like that? Nah, I mean, maybe I haven't played a land, but I bet, like, on a land, it'd be, like, a lot more, like, I don't know, the stakes between first and second just didn't, like, feel that big and didn't feel like, I don't know. But it feels wrong to say that, but it, it definitely felt like that. It feels like that a lot with these open qualifiers, right. um, regardless of, like, what happens. It feels like the adrenaline is just not there, you know what I mean? Like, what sure. I live for, you know, the grand finals, the first strike, you know what I mean? You're not like 150 beat heartbeats per minute. You're not like really just cracked out. You're just like, wow, we are getting smoked. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, you're already <laughs> mapped down and baby base yeah. 28. Yeah, and baby 11. base just. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember I got revved in the middle of mid and then baby babe pops knives and just like, or he killed me with knives at the start. I get revved mid and then he just dashes out all three of us and just gets like three more. I was crazy. I was like, damn, this is the kind of baby bay that I've been hearing about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. So it was just funny. Oh yeah. yeah, you see this Boombot? I have wanted to learn this lineup, but I never got to see a good uh, Boombot lineup for this. What Corey's throwing right here. So Corey goes up here and mm. just throws this Boombot. It's cool. Yeah, oh, the, yeah. Speaking of lineups. Sorry. I have to ask. Oh shit, yeah. <laughs> did you which do, game oh, yeah. was that? Did you do, you, okay. That, the one time you did Wait, this. Wait, which game was that in? That was against, Ascent, oh god, it was on the. Gen um, was it the against lower Gen G? Brick. Was I it Challengers? So. Yeah, Challengers. Yeah, that was in Challengers. 
Okay. The, God, the, I fucking creamed. Let's, I mean, let's, yeah, let's did, set the context, actually. People might not understand why I'm creaming. On stream. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm sure you can find that clip, Kurt. Um, it was I know Challenge, Austin tweeted it. And, Challenges 3 against Gen G, was it? Yeah. And so you did it a, was yeah, on you did, ascent. You did a satchel lineup to destroy the Killjoy alt lockdown that is Thank placed you. in the default spot in B main. First time now, I've ever seen a player do it, by the way. And context, oh. you had been talking about it on stream constantly. <laughs> had, you were watching videos, yeah. you were studying, you, you kept saying, I can't wait until a pro does this. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't I didn't wait. I didn't, I, I didn't know he said this until I like watched back and like, yeah, but uh, we were uh, doing destroys it the because it does. <laughs> Renegades did it to us in a scrim. Mm, okay. So, yeah, Renegades, if you look at their comp, they run raids all the time yeah. and they set up wins a lot and we scrimmed them. They did it against us and we were like, wait. And this was like a month before that comp and we were, we were running Reyna. And then when we switched to Rays, I was like, yo, I mean, I don't really like go server time that much. I'm like, I mean, might as well learn some satchel like lineups. And I spent like an hour finding one because it's like really weird because like when you pop the Killjoy ult, there's like these things at the sky that like the lines and stuff. I don't know. It was really hard to find a lineup, but either way, let me just explain. It took a while, but I found it with Silinx. He helped me out. Props to him. And then... Once we found that one, we uh, I didn't learn an A main one. That felt way too hard. But there are videos now where they give you one. And then I want to learn to retake. the. If you're attacking A site, you plant the bomb. And then you know the one where the defenders throw a retake A one? Oh, I, I learned the, that one as well. But I never got mm. to use it. Yeah. Uh, so I learned those two. Like, I had to go on top of generator yes. and then, like, throw it over yes. there. Yeah. yeah. I've seen for the, the lineups for them all. I, there's actually <laughs> lineups on every map as well. Like, the Haven yeah. lineup is very replicable. And yeah. yeah. I just threw a nade at the one for, against Immortals. I just yes. started chucking the nade towards the corner. Like, I, I didn't know a lineup. I just went into CT, just bounced the nade off that wall and just landed in that corner and broke it. No more. No questions. Don't need to think about it. Yeah. I, I, I love that setup, though. The, the mind games around that kind of stuff are sick. Uh, I've been watching Nature on Immortals put his lockdowns in, like, weird places for the A retake on Ascent. Uh, he was, like, putting them up on boxes and shit so that people couldn't, uh, couldn't do the double shock dart d destruction yeah. for it and that kind of stuff. Oh, here it is. I guess, so yeah. I chose it up. No I video, unfortunately. LG. Oh, sorry. Against LG, they, like... So on Icebox, they saw, you know how people usually put it on top of pipes? I, do you guys know yeah. that follow? Okay. Yeah. He put it on the lower part, like uh, all the yeah. way at the, on the floor. And we had shocked our lineups for the pipes one. But on the mini map, it like, oh, here's the satchel line. Yeah, <laughs> that's sick. Um, either way, he put it on the lower. So on the mini map, when you ping it, it showed on top of pipes. And then like, it was actually below it. And then like yeah. our shock darts didn't break. And I was like, oh, wait. Because like when you're calling this stuff, you like, you say, I got the Killjoy lockdown. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And then it doesn't break, and it's like, wait, <laughs> yeah, what do we do now? Yeah, it's it's a big commitment when you uh, when you it's think funny. it's gonna break. Yeah, it's funny because right here, Josh didn't even know if I was gonna break it because <clears throat> it was like <laughs> like it took me eight seconds like to throw the satchel and everything. Uh, your reaction? <laughs> I posted on yeah, Twitter. I I love it as well because the the weird thing about the satchel for anybody that isn't aware of this still but I, I think it should be common knowledge at this point, is that as soon as the Satchel lands on the floor, it does max damage to buildings. So you don't even have to wait for it to charge up. It just immediately does 600 damage. As long as it lands on the surface. you do have to wait like a half a second, though. I, I always wait do half you? a second. I, yeah, I'm I pretty so. sure it just does immediate 600 damage as soon as it I'm lands on the floor. But it's always safer to make sure that it's landed anyway, you yeah. know? But sure. yeah, and, and there's no counterplay point. because if, un unless you shoot it out of midair, you... I don't even know if that's possible, honestly. It, 
It used to be possible, but they might have changed oh, it. But I've seen people uh, yeah, shoot actually, satchels. It is possible because I remember like shooting at a guy, like, and then the race throws it and then it pops. Yeah. So it is possible, actually. But I don't know if it is. I guess that's like a lot harder to throw it when you see it coming through a window. Exactly. And like, and it sticks, yeah. But but if it lands on the surface and you shoot it, it still does max damage. So it still yeah. just gets destroyed. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. a, I don't know. I think it's really cool. I think the whole like system of that kind of stuff can get really nerdy and also just fuck killjoys their their alts are useless now there's so oh, many yeah. different it, ways it, it's to tragic them. to be a killjoy yeah i mean speaking of one of the only teams still run was running a killjoy true actually yeah all the time yeah. i mean almost all the time not in haven is steel not mm -hmm. just molding at other people coming up with different ways of ruining his lockdowns no i haven't heard him complain about it but i bet inside he's crying <laughs> um but yeah no he he enjoys Killjoy. Uh, I think Killjoy is still pretty good. I think uh, Killjoy is a lot more... I don't know, really. I don't know the difference between Killjoy and Cypher. I think it just depends on what your Sentinel really wants to play. Yeah. I think that's like the same with Duelist, really. If you're a Duelist player really wants to play like one thing, try it out. Because like, right now, this game is a lot more comfort-based, I feel like, rather than like min-maxing, as long as like you're playing like the general roles. And yeah, that's why I think like if TSM still ran their triple duelist, it wouldn't even have been that bad, honestly. Because yeah. like, even though they have like three duelist players, I feel like they could just all dominate. And yeah, but maybe not. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. It does feel like within Valorant, you have a lot of different flexibility to play your own <clears throat> style. There's, yeah. I mean, you can see all the different regions are playing different stuff as well. And it's working within the regions. So it's, it's probably pretty viable. Uh, I wanted to move on to Masters. I think that's the, the, another a big meat of the discussion here. And before we talk about the Masters run at all, which we've labeled as disappointing here, which I think is, wow. you know, considering <sighs> the expectations that were set on you, I think finishing fifth, sixth is, is not, what, um, not what you would have expected coming out from like the first strike win and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I, I want to I discuss a little bit what the team was even expecting because... Like we've run through, you guys had Nitro having a kid. Ethan was brought in. You've changed your composition. All of this stuff. Like, the feel within the team, did you... Was the feel within the team that you were, like, still a tier one team, able to win it all, as good as you were at first strike, on that path to victory? Or did it feel like there was still hurdles to overcome as you came into Masters? Uh, it felt like... I was pretty happy to qualify for Masters, honestly. After we lost NRG, I felt like, wow, maybe we're really going to struggle now. Because, like, short, we're, we picked up Ethan for, like, the long term, obviously. Sure. The flexibility mm -hmm. and, like, you know, stuff like that. So, short term, obviously, it was going to be a little bit hard. Um, but it felt like... So, I was pretty content with what we did in Challenges 3. I was pretty happy with what we did in the first week of Masters, right? But then the second week, I felt like we should have done way better. I feel like third place easily. Because Gen G should have been... Like, we've always beat them. We haven't lost them, but then we just lost. So it felt like, I don't know. They've improved a lot, so I don't know. But we, it felt like we were, like, really bad. I, I don't like to take away credit from teams, but Gimon had a pretty good series, I remember. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, very good. So I feel like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Not really much to say. Was pretty Sorry, I wanted to ask about yeah. the improvements because we started this oh, conversation. The same thing. Right, there we go then. So yeah. we, we started talking about like you guys having rapid yeah. improvements throughout Challengers 3. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of that was just like just fixing up the stuff of Ethan being added to the team, basically. It's like simple stuff to begin with, the foundation blocks to, to get built. Um, but then during Masters, it felt like that same rate of improvement slowed down drastically. When I, when I was predicting 
like whether 100 Thieves would do well, I was saying, well, look at how much they improved during Challengers 3. They went from being like, you know, wobbly to actually having some really cool stuff that you guys were showing throughout. Like yep. you were adding every map, it felt like you were adding something new to your game. Like you started out and you're, you know, figuring out the basics and then you have some cool um, synergy between you and Nitro when he's playing on both sage. roles, actually, the Breach and yeah. the Sage. And it felt like there was constantly things being added to your game to, to push you to that next yeah. level. But I didn't see that same development through Masters. And that might be because you are tweaking smaller things that aren't as visible from the outside, or it might be because, I don't know, it's just the rate of improvement actually did slow down. What, what did it, it feel like from the interior in terms of the development that you guys were doing throughout this run? It felt like we were like, actually developing pretty well. It's just we had a bad day, and we only got to play one BO3, and it showed really badly. Um, right. I didn't feel like we were obviously improving team stuff, but like if we're all like missing our shots that day, it's just like gonna be a bad day. Let's put it, like regardless of how much we've improved and whatnot. Um, I think that just like was mainly us individually, not really us as like a team, because you know we improve as a team and stuff like that. You know that's what people say. But yeah, um, we've improved as a team and stuff like that. So then like when we had a bad day, one bo three and it. We had a week of prep and we played badly. Um, yeah, I think it was just like the narrative that's being portrayed from one BO3 because we had a week to prepare when it was just like an off day. I mean, right. yeah, not really. But yeah, that's how I view it at least. Um, sure. Like like this. Oh my God. No, 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 no. Stop. Oh, this was stop. a tragedy. Kurt, stop yeah. the tape. We still we won can, the round, so it didn't again. matter. This was tragic. We still won the round. Didn't matter. Oh, the slowest. Did you win this round? The slowest of peaks. Yeah, we did. Uh, me and Ethan, 2v4 really? or 2v5. Yeah, really? Clutch. Oh, keep, yeah. keep rolling the tape. Keep, keep, keep the, the tape, tape going, Keep the tape. <laughs> I, I don't remember yeah. that happening. I just remember that tragedy of getting with the bucket. I remember we talking about this round after, and I was like, I swear, I think our teammates just wanted to trade you instantly. And I watched back, and there's literally five seconds pause between each kill. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, there is. Wait, yeah. it did not feel like that in the match. <laughs> the slowest trades. And, and that's the, the thing, right? Like, within a match, your, your purpose is... I feel like this this happens a lot where I can see see the goal behind what people do, but the execution is like way off for whatever yeah. reason. Like maybe you're maybe you're scared that there's a second guy there, or you don't like the communication is slightly yeah. off, but the end result ends up being that like you have a good idea, but the execution is just fucking miles off. Is that what it just felt like throughout that whole uh, game? No, I think this is like, it felt like my or this round specifically felt like my bad because I've been experimenting going on top of pipes. So normally I clear that angle and then Josh trades me or something or. Josh goes in first and I clear the angle, but I've been going on top of pipes, so I think that's where that went wrong. Right. Uh, or not top of pipes, top, top of tube, my bad. Right, right. Oh, yeah, top of tube. So I went on top of tube rather than going into uh, tube, and I think that's where I went wrong. I don't know why my other two teammates went in like that. Not much to say about that. Sure. But that was just like one of those things where fundamentally it's just not there. Like that's just a – that should never happen no matter how you look at it. So that's what I mean by like off day. Right, um, yeah, sure. and that's what I was getting at. Like, it, were sure. those the kind of mistakes that you just feel oh, you yeah. wouldn't usually make? Now. Oh, yeah, this was that, actually a sick clutch. Just <laughs> vac shot. Um, yeah. I d with this game, though, I has to be brought up again, though. Uh, the the steel op change was the most noticeable difference. Yep. And I remember that the week before, in the uh, you like won an OT on Ascent, and I remember steel randomly, it seemed at the time he just randomly got an op. Um, and he got like two kills, I think, at the beginning of the round on Cat, oh, yeah. and then and we lost the round. I think yes, yeah, we lost the round. It was a it was a twelve eleven round. We lost the round. Then I had a judge in B main, and I get interped. I remember. Yes. 
Yeah, and then <laughs> the week later, you play Genji on Ascent, and now he's opping all the time. Any chance he gets, he's buckying and he's opping. Yeah, it um, felt like he only used one or the other <laughs> weapon. I think it was. Oh, well. I think every time he had the the money to be able to buy an op, he bought it on both yeah. attack and defense yeah. side. And on Icebox as well. He was opping on attack, and he found some success with it. Oh, uh, yeah. I on mean, Icebox he, attack. He's he a decent opper. It's just... Um, so I guess what uh, what led to that one? What was the, the discussion yeah. there? Uh, I think, like, we're still trying to find our opper, I guess. So, like, right now we're just... Um, I guess experimenting, really. I guess that's the only thing you can really word it, right? Um, we're trying to find out who our main opera should be if we want one, and then, like, who should be using it. Like, I mean, I even picked up the op in this Genji game because I had the money, and, like, why not, you know? Because I opt back in Immortals a little bit. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, like, we watched our tape back from, like, week one to week two, and we felt like we just didn't have an op. And we felt like the fact that we didn't have an op at all gives these teams... Like, it's easier to play against the team when you know they don't have an op. Like, this, like when you're peeking an angle and you just think, there's no op, it's a rifle for sure. And, like, the fight you're taking is a lot drastically different. You're able to take a lot more swings and gain a lot more, I guess, confidence. Because, like, when you're taking a rifle fight, it's usually, like, actual aim fight. But then op v rifle is, like, that guy's an op, so it's a point-and-click gun. And I yeah. have a, a lot harder of a gun. So... Right. We felt like we were giving them, like, these teams way too much of respect, I guess, in a way. Like, when we didn't run an op, because, like, or not respect, we gave them too much room. That's the right word. We gave them right. too much room, and, like, they're not, they're able to, like, just swing these angles that, like, we can't. We were giving ourselves a limitation by not having an opper. Um, right now, I don't know where, what direction we're going. It's either like, going to be, obviously, one of Steel or Nick have to op or me, but most likely not me. On I'm not gonna op on attack, by the way, never. Sure, but on defense, sure. I'm talking about defense, by the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. mainly. Um, but attack, I think Steel or Nick has to like pick it up really at the moment. But who knows? Maybe yeah. Ethan. I don't know how good he was with the op back in his day. But yeah. But I think the point you get into as well is that it's the threat of the op too. It's like they they're worried about. It's not necessarily the impact you get in terms of kills. It's that yeah. you slow down the pace of your opponent. They're more yeah, yeah. wary. They have to use more utility to clear out angles. They have to be more telegraphed with where they're going because they're worried about swinging in swaps. And is that is that yeah. something that you felt because you looked at the teams you were playing against that were opping? Like you guys felt um, the pressure of playing against ops, and so you wanted to put that on your opponents too. Both. I think that's like a fair response, right? Um, right. We played against oppers like Tyson. We get opt. And then we also feel like they're just swinging these angles that we can't swing because of like the week there could be an op there. So, yeah. Right. That's yeah. that's Makes an sense. interesting development. It's just, it feels like a lot of what we're discussing is 100 Thieves still really figuring shit out. And in, yeah, in a it's way a lot that, harder. Yeah, in a way that some other teams yeah. feel like they've already... I don't know. It feels like some other teams, when we talk to them, they spend, I don't know, maybe like a week, two weeks, like hardcore figuring something out, and then they come out the other end. It seems like it's a very long process with 100 Thieves, like a long um, developmental process where you guys are testing maybe. a lot of different stuff, even within matches rather than in scrims. Um, well, yeah, the stuff we're testing is like stuff we tested in scrims, and then like we still don't know if it's good or what, or if it's bad. And then, like, we're still running that, so we have to run it in matches because we've been practicing with it for so long. Right, like, right. Four days. So, like, might as well just try it in, like, these matches. If it doesn't work, then we'll have, like, 
actual tape because like we we only have player POVs when we watch back our scrims, so it's like pretty hard to like see where something went wrong unless right. you like combine all five POVs, look at what everyone's doing and stuff like that. Um, and then even then, you don't know how your opponents are responding to like certain stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was gonna so say something else. Is <laughs> is it fair then to say that a hundred thieves as a team? I don't mean the organization. But the team yeah. is looking at this as extremely long term, like the whole of 2021. Because I think oh. if if it was if it was like CS where there's massive tournaments all the time, it feels like there's a more short term focus. Like we must be good, we must win these tournaments early on. But the way that you guys approach this Masters feels. I don't want to say it's like experimental, even though we keep using that word, because that yeah. implies that you guys are doing crazy shit. It's not crazy. Yeah, it's, it's just, like, just it's new, just that you guys are new look. Yeah, it's new, but it's also just small iterations. It's just little iterative steps yeah. in in different directions to try and figure out which branch you should be going down. But that's not yeah. the kind of stuff that you tend to do if you have a very short term focus or like even a winning focus. You know what I mean? Like if you really want to win, you just kind of do short term shit. It's you like don't when, think about the long term. Yeah, it's like when I mean, Liquid just. Hard to set up Scream to just get 90 frags. Everybody right. play your comfort roles and let's see what we can do. And then they made the finals of, uh, what was it, Red Bull? Yeah, of Red Bull, yeah. where it's like... You're... Everyone plays their comfort picks. Everyone go frag out. And then... Yeah, yeah. Whereas, with the, the to contrast that, the 100 Thieves approach from what you're saying appears to be much more like, let's figure out stuff so we can win champions at the end of the year, not Masters 1 now. Is that is that something that's been consciously discussed within the team? No, I don't think... I mean, I think like... What we're trying to do, we believe is the right path, but it just doesn't pan out. Like, I mean, right. eh, it's not like we're taking the wrong path on purpose and like sure, trying to yeah, lose. Of course. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we're not thinking, yeah. oh, let's put Josh on Killjoy out because we think it's worse. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I think we're, I mean, I personally think like Sentinels were the best team, right? In this Masters, there's no doubt. And then FaZe, like, I don't know if we would have beaten them like at all, but maybe we could have beaten them. But I, I think third would have been pretty fair to say if we beat Gen G. Um, so I do think like in that regard it was disappointing. But yeah, I mean I don't. I think we're trying to just like figure out what our team like where we go because like for all I know we could run double duelists like Ethan on duelists like you know what I mean he's yeah, been teasing yeah. it. Um, uh, I mean we'll find out. Uh, we play uh what in three days or something, so we'll know. We'll see, because like even then, open qualifiers are just open qualifiers. So like, we could change that by challenges one and stuff. But it I mean, is we ridiculously hectic the schedule. Yeah, it's because of like Iceland. Start. Yeah, they, they they had to move everything like forward because of Iceland and like. Right now mm. we play like so much earlier. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. It yeah, is. They wanted to crazy. fit in the land, and since like MSI is happening, and then like they only had, I think they only had like dates after and so like we get this like hectic schedule where everything's like two-week break instantly play open qualifier now um we didn't know that until after like mass or like where like when masters basically like ended which was weird yeah yeah so yeah you got i mean a kind of again not not a not an immense amount of time to actually <laughs> make significant forward progress i suppose i mean it's just yeah uh, it's a small time frame from what is it like two and a half weeks or something? Yeah, yeah, like two, yeah. Like not yeah, even we three weeks. Break, so. Yeah, and yeah, and that I think, 
Going back to one of our original points, that does make it very difficult even internally to address whether you guys have made the right decision, but it hasn't worked out or made the wrong decision. Like it's, it's really hard to tell, to tell that. Um, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to get onto something else that happened during masters that was fucking hilarious, was that? which was Asana just scrolling through Twitter at the, oh, the, yeah. the, the AT&T. That was so funny. The AT&T Valorant practice yeah, that room. Funny. That was so funny. The, the, the entire, the entire drama situation that occurred was hilarious in and of itself, <laughs> but obviously like, okay, people, I don't know, people, people enjoy drama. People love drama. And then there's just you in the corner, just scrolling Twitter, <laughs> just yeah. scrolling Twitter. Everyone else, yeah. everyone else is like in the background, like, oh, what's happening? I know, and then Frost says something spicy and then you can see Nitro and Steel like, oh my God. Just, and then you just scrolling. And Asin is just sat yeah. there scrolling Twitter. Did you even, were you that, even, were you in a high school class? Did you even know what was going on? Uh, I was just chilling, vibing. I mean, I don't really don't care honestly i was just catching up with jc stanny because i'm friends with them so i was messaging jc stanny for the first like 30 minutes like asking like yo how's college stuff like that like <laughs> how are things over there i mean and then i noticed like wait it's taking a while like a little bit longer than usual and then i realized oh we're arguing okay uh and then i go on twitter start scrolling and then eventually servers got picked and like yeah i'm like okay and then i heard uh, so you know it's funny um there's only a four minute clip out right but I don't think we talked to them until 40 minutes after. So like, there's not even like, if people are like, there's an hour clip. There's, I don't think there is an mm. hour clip because yeah. I was talking, uh, we were talking to them in text. So like the players, like in the lobby chat. Um, and then we stopped and then we went to discord like 40 minutes later. And then I don't know what really happened. Cause like, as you can see, I was on Twitter. So <laughs> don't ask me for my opinion. <laughs> Don't ask for my opinion. I, I was like, I think, I think I was on my phone and Twitter and just like chilling, trying to you know get my head in the game. Now you know, remove all the outside focus. But yeah, I don't know. Not really much to say. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I, it's I just, just a silly. It's just funny. It's just funny. It's just funny. What was happening then? It really is just amusing. Yeah, I, I do think Riot made it a lot bigger than it had to be, but they are trying to set a precedent, so I do sure. understand that. Uh, I think that's just like my take on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's where I want to kind of start wrapping things up. We've talked a little okay. bit about the future of the composition and you guys, you, you've kind of hinted towards some directions that the team could be going in, but I imagine that there isn't a like set in stone path at the moment. So I don't want to like, I don't want to try and press you for like, well, I don't know what, what's happening next because I know that it, I don't know at all because exactly. well, we have four other players on our team. So like, they're all going to chime in. And I'll be honest, my take on the game is vastly different than Josh's. So, sure. I mean, I don't have, like, I think the best approach to the game. So, I don't really like to tune into, like, or not tune in. I don't like to, like, really hard press my opinion on, like, changing agents and stuff. Because yeah. I personally think I don't see a good vision of, of the game. Because I just play ranked all day. So, I have a pretty bad take on it. That's just my take on my opinion. I mean, that's that fair sense. enough. Most, most players don't realize when they have bad takes on the game yeah. and they just press their opinion anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I just like to sit back, listen to what Josh has to say and listen to him. That's it. I want to talk about a bit, though, that your expectations for 2021 uh, for the team because the trajectory in 2021 at the beginning, if you came in January 1st and you sat people down and you said, what do you think about 100 Thieves in 2021? People would be saying to the fucking moon 
Like this team looks like they have the trajectory to be the number one team in NA. They have the consistent structure. They have a big organization backing them, cracked out players. Like it all looked good. And then even the move to add Ethan in and that kind of stuff, all a good move. Um, but the meteoric rise has not really, the, the trajectory has not continued. And now I think comes a, a bit of a, at the end of the first Masters, a, 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 an opportunity to reassess expectations within the community and, and also to kind of tap into what, what you guys are thinking as well. Where do you see yourselves within the scene and what do you think um, you are like aiming for immediately? Obviously, you want to win all of your games, but to yeah. say like, to say we're immediately going to be the best team in one week from now is is kind of it's not yeah. it's not going to happen because you've only got a week to improve. Yeah. So what what are your goals for the team in the short term and moving forwards in 2021? Uh my like for 2021, uh I just want to be one of the teams representing NA. That's just, you know, like that's my goal really. I don't really um yeah, like I don't mean for all I know, the other regions are 10 times better than us, like literally just miles ahead of us. So, like, uh, we'll see, like, how that goes, like, internationally. But locally, I just want to be one of the best NA teams, like, that just represent us, like, to Iceland, stuff like that. Yeah. That yeah. seems like something really cool. I want to be, like, one of those teams. Um, but, like, right now, we just have to make small improvements and stuff like that. And then if you told me, like, January 1st, I mean, I think in first strike, we got lucky with, like, um, like, the situations that were occurring at that time. And it gave us, like, because I think Sentinels were probably still, like, the best team at that time. They, like, pretty close to beating us. They took a map off us, and they, like, I think it was pretty close series. Um, they could have won that event, and then we would have gotten a third to fourth. And then, like, we'd have a different, like, people would approach us differently, I think. Cool. Um, so I do think that. And then but I do think we're a nice little, like, top three team is, like, pretty easy for us to reach, even in a week, I'd say. Because I think the gap between, like, Okay, Sentinels is pretty high up, right? But then every other, and like even FaZe, if they're on their game, but then every other team I feel like is pretty attainable at the moment at least. Especially in Mas looking back at Masters 2, uh, or Masters 1, sorry. Um, I think it's like pretty easy for us to be top three and like if we're on a good day and we improve in a week. Um, that's just my take. And then hopefully at the end, uh, uh, it is pretty hard to get into champions now that like we didn't get these Masters 1 points. Um, because uh, like this is the only local like um i don't know how you guys know how the circuit works but like basically yeah. this is the only like local one that you get a lot of points for and then like unless your region's like the best of the best the masters two and masters three will be a lot harder and then there's like a last chance qualifier i think for yes, champions yeah yeah but not really yeah. today up today because like that's still what like eight seven months away yeah so, yeah, yeah. yeah um but yeah i don't know yeah hopefully i answered that well yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think that that's uh, an interesting look at what what's going on within 100 Thieves. Yeah, at the beginning that's of the year... my luck, by the way, not the team. Sure, yeah, of Yeah, for sure. At the beginning of the year, and I guess getting into challengers and, like, the loss to Carpe Noctem, and, and, like, did you guys have to... Uh, or not did you have to, but rather, I guess, what was the, the state of the team like at that point? Was there a level of frustration that the team had to get over from winning first strike and then into we couldn't even make it through the open qualifier and then, you know, struggling <laughs> no, we in made challengers. It. We, we wrote in the, we registered. We registered for the open qualifier. <laughs> yeah. 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 True. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah. Uh, 
yeah, like I guess was there was there any period of time then where the team was there was any like frustration in the team or or um, issues like that that you guys had to work through? Personally, no. I'm pretty like lax. I'd say I'm like just like I've said numerous times, vibing. Uh, I'm just here to play a game, whatever. Just trying to enjoy my time. Uh, but like for them, it definitely I can like feel like I feel. I feel sad just because, like, I'm not showing up for my teammates in a way. Because, like, they want to make this, like, like they're, they're at, like, their end of their careers. I'm at the start of mine. So I want to make it so they have, like, a good exit. You know what I mean? Uh, and, like, you know what I mean? You get the gist. Yeah, no, I, I do. I do. It, <laughs> yeah. sounds like, yeah. it sounds like you're a mafia boss trying to take them on a nice walk before you put them down. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, but, like, that's how I view it. So, like, I, I, whenever they get frustrated, I definitely, like, feel bad. Um, I guess like sad, but like I don't, yeah, because like I I do want to like live up to their expectations, and I do want to like, you know, give them a a nice showing. I guess I don't know, sure. but yeah, that's a. But the frustration, I think uh, we always just thought like once Nitro comes back, everything will be good. So that's how we thought. If we lost the carpet, knocked them in. I mean, we challenges two was pretty. I forget how that went really. I mean, that, that was only like two months ago or one month, but it feels like years. But yeah, that, I forgot how that went, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I wish you all the best of luck in the future as well. I, I, 100 Thieves are uh, a fun team to always follow. Uh, you guys oh, are try to be. very much playing a different style to a lot of the other teams. And personally, I, I, I have no idea what you're going to do in the future, what the, the team is going towards. But I, I really feel like it would be... Um, an unfortunate loss for the NA scene if you guys went to, you know, play like the double duelist and shit again and just went back yeah. to playing the jet because I like the road Phoenix that you were jet. going down. Yeah. yeah. I like the road that you guys were going down. I the, to, I, sorry. I can't wait to see like the Reddit comments like NA is better than EU because 100 Thieves stopped uh, playing the single duelist. That's going to be exactly. like, <laughs> yeah. beautiful to see. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I think, like going to be everybody's narrative as well. But... I I think you guys had something there. I just uh, yeah. I, I personally would have liked to see you continue to work on it. Maybe you will. It'll be cool to continue following you throughout these tournaments. Yeah, hopefully we'll see how Astra impacts. I don't know. Of course. I don't even know if we're playing it. I know we tried it out a little bit. I won't say who was playing it, but let's just say they have a big brain. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they were playing uh, Astra. We had like two scrims with it. It was fun, but we scrimmed against her a lot because. Uh, Leading up to Masters 2, a lot of the teams in Masters didn't get good scrims because of, like, Astra. Because, like, you don't want to scrim the people you're going to play, like, you know, in the BO3. Yeah, so yeah. then you're scrimming these, like, other teams, but they're running Astra because they want to play Astra. And then, like, you can't force them not to because then you won't have any scrims. So then it was just, like, weird, these practice where I'm getting, like, black hold and we don't <laughs> even have, like, an Astra. And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah i can imagine that would be a little strange and i think yeah. a lot of people are excited to, to watch her in the uh uh in the in the games as well yep good luck for masters 2 though it would be uh it would be cool to see you represent in north america at Reykjavik. so i wish you the best of luck mr asana continue on your protagonist anime journey throughout north america i'll try to give you a good one yeah all right and uh if you're interested in watching more plat chat content then uh, Wednesday is it? Is yes. Wednesday when we release yeah. the episodes? Usually, 
Yeah, and you can subscribe to our YouTube. That's new. Isn't that new? Oh, I haven't seen a, that before. That's a new little lower third. That's a, that's Check a new that one. Check that out. Look at that. What's subscribe to our YouTube. A lot of you guys are watching that aren't subscribed to the YouTube, so I should, probably should have said that at the beginning of the video. <laughs> None of you are around anymore, are you? It's only the dedicated viewers that are already subbed. Well, there we go. Missed opportunity, I suppose. <laughs> See you guys for the next one. <laughs>